We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Monday, June 5th, and we are on site and live out at Woodhome Country Club here in Pikesville, Maryland. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside an impromptu guest, I would say, but a familiar face and a familiar name for sure for Ravens fans here in Baltimore and beyond. Kadri Ismael joins us in between holes. I just finished up uh, playing a little bit more than the back nine. Mm. Got about 10, 11 holes. Q is actually in between holes right now. We got a little bit of a backup. That's just how it is for a shotgun. There's a lot of people out here on the golf course today. So thankful for the Jonathan Ogden Foundation for having us, Wendy Herr, for organizing this tremendous event. And of course, my friend Q for dropping by. How you hitting them today? Hitting them, hitting them. <laughs> That's why they call it a scramble. I mean, yeah, yeah, ham and egg it. I like my eggs, of course, pasta raised. Just nice, beautiful, just smoking them out there and then let somebody else go ahead and do the rest. That's the beauty of, the, you know, it's funny. We had J.O. What hole did we have J.O. on? Brad Brad Smith, executive producing today's broadcast. What, what hole did he join us on? I can't remember. Somewhere on the back nine. And he, he gets up there, right? He's got his stogie in hand, right? And he just, just real smoothly yes. sticks it right out there. And, of course, we ended up using, I believe we ended up using his drive. So there you have it. But, yeah, my group has been using my drive an awful lot. <laughs> try to you know hold it back a little bit but then all of a sudden we got the one guy in the group he i guess played high school golf and i think i out drove him about 30 yards and he goes hey wait a minute but mine's in the fairway i was like bro if you don't pick up your ball and bring your ball over here and put it down 50 yards away versus one oh whatever oh yeah that ain't happening no no it's not we should mention that uh our our gal and our our trusty co-host and partner and friend Sarah Ellison is on vacation right now. Hey, it's June and and we're I'm going to be on a vacation soon too. So hopefully Sarah and her family are enjoying the time off because they deserve it. We are simulcasting today's stream across the vault, across the Bobby Trost YouTube channel as well. And we're going to have plenty of guests dropping by including the Hall of Famer Jonathan Ogden, but uh cute gosh, the last time we spoke, I guess was was not long after the Lamar extension everything that's transpired since right OTAs now in the swing of things. And while June is traditionally a relatively slow news cycle in the NFL calendar, I'd have to think there's probably more interest in June than other years prior because of this new offense and this new scheme that's being implemented. So uh, what have you, what have your observations been so far from OTAs? The biggest thing I think is the fact that you're right. It's been one where, now you see the offense coming together. Lamar is in-house. You have your receiving core, young receiving core. Guys are working. Um, 
but a lot I think needs to be made about the fact that you have uh, Roquan Smith and company and Patrick Queen and arguably, you know, the best duo of linebackers in the league in house and, and doing their thing as well. There's a lot there when it comes to just the way this team is, is being built. But usually I'm, I'm hesitant when it's the off season to make, you know, like, Oh my God, this is going to be the greatest ever. But uh, I like the direction this team is going in. I like the fact that you see um, there's some really good, I think uh, things coming into being, whether it be Todd Munkin and his offense, uh, or again, from a defensive standpoint, just I'm sure Mike McDonald recognizes that it's a physical game and not a lot of could be made about guys other than the mental processing of putting in a good offense and or putting in a good defense that go against different looks of offenses that they're going to be facing in the AFC North. Should mention too that this segment here to finish off the uh, to to open up the broadcast I should, I should say is sponsored by my friends at giftygarage.net where they keep you classy without breaking the bank. Use your discount code Vault25 to save 25% off today from all 23 of their curated collections, including the summer holiday, red, white, and blue swag, and their vacation-ready beach and pool swag. And don't forget, order now to get your dad a classy gift in time for Father's Day, which, again, is June 18th. Happy early Father's Day to you, Q. Got a couple there hanging around and and having a good summer, I'm sure. You know, I got to wonder where J.K. Dobbins fits. Not this year. I hope he's going to be in Baltimore this year. But based on the tweets last week, they're a little bit cryptic. You get the sense that there could be some negotiations, perhaps early negotiations going on behind the scenes, knowing that he's not under contract after the 2023 season. What are, you, what are, what are your thoughts on, on the tweets and just where J.K.'s future could be when it comes to you know Baltimore or elsewhere? I think from a tweet standpoint, that's just the <laughs> Draymond Green new media. You know, it's yeah. the way it is. You're going to negotiate the way – you feel you're going to negotiate. I think teams like it quiet teams like to work behind the scenes and gain leverage. Uh, but that's not what, you know, NFL players about. They know that you're going to critique me and put my stuff out there on blast. When I don't do well, then how come I can't put you on blast when it comes to negotiations? And so, yeah, it oftentimes is cryptic. That was cryptic, but I think it's about negotiations. I think, million for him as a running back. Yeah, that's chump change. Um, And I think for him, you know, even if it is some attainable incentives, you know, that you can, can get more money than 1.3 would be, would be nice. Yeah, for sure. Especially given where you think he's going to be coming off the scope. Like we all know that he had that, was just missing that extra gear, that one breakaway, like see ya, see ya in the end zone kind of extra gear in, in his giddy up last year. And I think he was thrilled that he got the scope, right? I think some people were in his head about whether or not he should. And and he went and got it. And obviously that caused him to miss time for a second consecutive season. But you'd like to think, and this is where I just lean on you and your expertise, you'd like to think after a full season of rehabs, uh, strength training, you name it, that he could be looking like 2020 J.K. Dobbins out there this year. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely believe he can. I absolutely think he is one of those guys when it comes to being explosive, being smart. When I say smart, I'm, I'm saying just football, intelligence, 
high, high IQ, you know, his ability to understand the moment, understand the, the play calling, all that, uh, the defense, what it is, what, what, where is the best way to attack it. Um, I think he has that, that total package skill set. And I think Todd Munkin's offense is going to help him um, push into that total package skill set. How are we doing on time over here? Is your group on the box? My group is on the box. I got my man, Jack, who is, he is, I should do my golf voice with his backswing. Made a good pass at it, but you could tell the way he put <laughs> his club down, picking up his tee up. Oh, he put his hands up in the air and he liked it. Yep, yep. I got the group behind us with their music pl- blasting. Yeah. Got my man, John. John is going to. Take a good look at it, looking down at fairway and dressing the ball ever so gently. Hugo and play by play right now, man. And people in audio, people I that feel, are listening to this and in the podcast form later on have to go check this out on YouTube because we're literally showing the tee shots as Q gives the play by play. John hated it. Why we could tell the way he slammed his club down. He probably blocked it and pushed it out to the right. Yep. That has been his his swing. Here comes Paul. Paul. Thanks, highlight himself. Paul was a former high school golfer. There's J.O. J.O., get out the way. You're in our way. <laughs> Thank you, J.O. Right. Thank you. Now Paul is getting ready. He addresses the ball. Come on up here, J.O. You guys going to swap? We're going to swap. Hold right, on. Hold on, hold on. Paul's getting ready. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it something that... He takes a big lash at it, and his belly got in the way. He sliced it. <laughs> Q, appreciate the time as always, man. In goes Q. <laughs> and here comes the man of the hour, the Hall of Famer Jonathan Ogden at his foundation tournament. Another year, another successful. I'm looking good on the film. All right. All right. Yeah. As long as we're good. All right, we're good. Man, it couldn't, couldn't be a better day. We got about 10 or 12 holes in. It was awesome. I know you've been making your rounds and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and Woodholm is obviously – a phenomenal host event and whatnot, but uh, how's your day going? It's going well. Uh, I'm kind of doing the host thing where I'm walk- going around, thanking people, hitting a shot or two. I've been a couple quality shots. I mean, I've helped out a little bit, a few groups. But uh, like you said, the weather couldn't be better. Uh, a good group of people, a lot of food, a lot of alcohol. People are having a good time, so it's been a good day. Yeah, we used you, by the way, on whatever hole it was. I think it was like 16, maybe. Yeah, you know, I, I have a little bit every now and then. You yeah. know, it, it shows up from time to time. Yeah, for sure. But I, I got to wonder, you know, just before we kind of get into the, you know, the football side of stuff, there, there's a lot that goes into an event like this. I know Wendy is your right-hand woman. Yes. She's incredible. Absolutely. Wendy, her, is, is, is the reason this thing – Rolls the way 100%. Does, absolutely. Know? And and there's just so many people in the Baltimore community that come out here and support. But, uh, you know, I wanted to give you a chance to, to say thanks to. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of people who do a lot of work. I mean, Rick Hyde's my lawyer. He's been with me for since I was a rookie. Um, Kelly Bagasarian has been in the school doing the programs forever. And she is the reason she runs all my foundation events and. She is the, I call her the engine behind the, the, the vehicle of the Ogden Foundation. But Wendy Hur, like you mentioned, she does all this. She, I mean, she makes the call. She comes to Woodhome. She brings the vendors. She brings the people to play. I mean, she does all the work. And without her, none of this stuff would go off. So we, our fundraising arm would be crippled. Hell, it would be non-existent without Wendy Hur. 
So uh, I want to make sure that I know how much uh, she knows how much I appreciate her and, and thank her very much for what she does. Yeah, we're thrilled to be out here too for the first time. I mean, this is uh, the place is immaculate. The greens are running. Yeah, everything's flush. The rough, man. I tell you, <laughs> if you hit it in the rough. You better have a couple people looking for the ball because I, I tell you what, man, of all the courses in this area, you know, I've, I've played pretty much all the courses from K's, which I love. And it's a fantastic course to Suburban to Hillendale to every course you can think of BCC. This course has probably kicked my butt playing my own individual ball more than any other course. Cause like you said, the rough is rough. The greens are fast and the dog legs are severe. So, I mean, I've made pars and I've made quadruples. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those courses, but, um, if you can play well here and score here, you can score anywhere. Oh, for sure. And then you add in a little bit of wind like it is today. I yeah. mean, there's, there's some gusts out there. Oh, no, there's some gusts. I mean, it's a, this <laughs> – of course, it kicks my butt every single time I play it. It makes me chuckle every time because I'm like, man, I'm not that bad a golfer. And then I come to Woodholm and I'm like, geez, maybe I should just give this game up. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm, saying I'm feeling like that today. I mean, I was I was no help to our to our system. But <laughs> Make a few putts, you'll be all right. You know what I mean? Exactly. I made a couple of putts. Hopefully I'll get an invite back. There you go. Crew, but, uh, Goodness gracious, you know, for folks that just want to know what you're off, I mean, your off season, your, your playing days is over, yeah. obviously. But yeah. I know you're on the West Coast and yeah. whatnot, but you know, the time that you do spend in yeah. the Maryland area now, you yeah. know, how much do you appreciate that now, given, you know, how much has transpired? Oh, you know, what, what thing about Maryland is I understand that this is where my career happened. This is where why I have what I have in my life was because of the people in this town and the Baltimore Ravens. And that's why I always love and appreciate I forever I will this town and the people here and they've embraced me so much that um you know I could never abandon Baltimore I, I just really couldn't and you know the foundation I started here because like I said Baltimore kind of nurtured me and I wanted to get back to this town and you know Patterson High School is a school that needed a lot of help and you know what I found is the reason I started the foundation is because I was a big believer in education that it helps you know, get you where you want to be in life. Athletics is great, and most of the kids in my foundation are athletes as well. But I want them to understand that athletics—I mean, athletics can only take you so far most of the time. I mean, I'm one of the very rare few who can make it all the way. But if you get those grades, you can do whatever you want. Exactly. And so I got kids who are in a situation where they want to improve their situation in life, but they just don't know how, and they don't have the help. So. I say, look, if you want to figure out a way to get out of your situation in life, we can give you the tools. We can teach you what you need to know, but you got, got to be willing to do the work. And that's the thing about these kids in my foundation. We've had 100% graduation. We've had over 20 years, six, 700 kids graduate, go to college and become productive adults. And that's what I'm most proud of with this foundation. It really is. What do you want folks to know about like this event specifically? Because I know you do a lot of things, right? You, you, yeah. you and I met the other day at, yeah, at, at the at ring the, night. At the MMA night, yeah. You know? We do a couple of events. We own an event with Cal Ripken, a cigar and bourbon uh, night where you just kind of come, enjoy cigar and bourbon, hang out with me and Cal. But this, this golf is my main one. And what I want to know about this golf is if you come out here, it's a long day. But it's a fun day. You get good people. You got great food. I mean, we got oysters. We got, you know, Ruth Crisps out here. We got... Uh, beef sand. We got so much food. This yeah. We got the whole food on 13 holes, you know, and we got drinks. And you're going to have fun. There are good people out here. Right? You know, that's the one thing that, you know, with Wendy, we have a lot of good people out here. Not too many, you know, a-holes. You know, you know people who want to have fun and support. And they're, and they're very generous people. So I appreciate all the people who come out here. Yeah, for sure. No, it's been, gosh, I mean, we, we played, like you said, we played 12 holes. And just about every hole, you're having a sponsored hole where it's your choice of food, drink, 
yeah. you name it. And Absolutely. so it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, play six hours, gain ten pounds. That's what we well, say. That's what it is. <laughs> don't come out if you like sl- if you don't like slow golf, but that's okay. I mean, that's right. part of the process. Right. That, you know? It's part of the process here. It's part of you know you know it's going to be a slower round, but it's going to be an enjoyable round with a lot of like I said, a lot of food and drinks and a lot of fun. Yeah. St- just shifting gears quickly to, mm-hmm. to, to football. Yep. I asked you this the night that we we did our little Q and A when we were waiting for the ambulances to show up. Remember, uh-huh. I, I asked you. I said, you know, when it comes to the Lamar off season, you know, one of the most pivotal off seasons in the history of the franchise. I asked you. I said, well, did you did you ever have a doubt that it would get done? And you confidently told me no. No. Yeah. You still feel that way? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, what was he going to do? What were the options that were available? That was kind of what I was looking at. It's like the Ravens got his rights right now. He's going to be there. Uh, he's going to realize that the contract he was asking for, the Deshaun Watson one, no one was really willing to give him that. And the Ravens, I knew, were willing to give him a really good deal, something that was commensurate with the way good deals are done in the NFL, but not that crazy deal that Cleveland did with 100% guaranteed. I think once he realized that and once he saw what Jalen Hurts got, I kind of felt like the deal would get done, and, and it did, like, within, honestly, like 48 hours when I thought it might get done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's because I, I said, look, you're you're franchised. So if another team signs you, what are they gonna do? The Ravens are just gonna match it. Yeah. <laughs> so just just accept the fact you're gonna be here and just just keep going. Let's go. Right. right. Let's get and ready. Now, Let's get ready for the fall. Yeah. And now they're sitting at a, at a point where, from an attendance standpoint, OTAs has actually been pretty darn good. Yeah. A lot of guys are doing their own things, right? Like OBJ is yeah. finishing up his rehab and right. stuff out in Arizona, and mm-hmm. Mark Andrews was doing some stuff out there. But he's 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 since reported. What do you make of that? I mean, is that is that sort of a watered down, kind of exaggerated argument about OTA involvement, or? Uh, yeah. You- the only thing I would say is only because we have a completely new offense coming in with uh, Todd Munkin. That I would like, for example, myself. I never came into anything except the mandatory ones. But that was after, you know, I also had Brian Billick for nine years. So I knew the offense. I knew what we were doing. And I didn't need to be there for that. But um, I would have come in probably a little earlier had we changed offense coordinators just to kind of get a feel for the offense. That's the only thing I would say. The defensive guys, the guys who are veterans, hey, you don't want to come in. Roquan Smith, you don't even like here. He's here. Oh, he's, he's, he's here. <laughs> but, but if he didn't want to, I would understand. I mean, if it felt like if he felt like he could give the team more during the season by taking – time off and refreshing his mind, then I would have been all for that. But, hey, whatever gets you to be the best on Sunday, that's all I want. I want you to show up on Sundays and give it give it to us. That's it. I tell you what, Roquan just feels like he does everything that's required to be his best on Sunday. No, he does. I mean, Roquan Smith is, you know, I mean, we had Ray Lewis, obviously, but he is right in that ballpark. He's in that range. I mean, I'm not going to call him Ray Lewis yet. That would be kind of blasphemous in Baltimore. But – I'll say this. He has shown the closest qualities to Ray Lewis that I've seen since Ray Lewis. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him really become that true team leader that he will be with this whole offseason and a full training camp and really indoctrinating himself in the city. Have you had a chance to catch up with Ray on him? I have not. I have not had opportunity. Um, I've missed Ray. I hopefully will see him in Canton this year. But uh, if, if I can almost tell you without doubt, if I did ask him, he'd be like, I love that guy. No. Because he, I would tell you, he probably say this. He reminds me of me, and, that, yeah, and that's kind of, and that's and that's kind of what they both are. Just middle backers who just know how to play that position, and they just are super instinctive, and it just comes natural to them. And they and they do it with passion and aggression, and just the way it's supposed to be played. Yeah, let's finish here then, Jo, because along those same lines um, of, of you know past Ravens and whatnot. Gosh, we've been driving around. It's a who's who. Yeah, here today. Yeah, we got a good group of guys around here. Really do. Uh, the guys came out in support. I'm really happy. I mean, we got 
Ed Mulatala, my old left guard, Adelius Thomas, Dwayne Starks, um, Evan Oglesby, Chris McAllister, Daniel yep. Wilcox. I mean, Ozzie Newsom's here, Harry Swain. I'm missing a couple guys off the top of my head, but I mean, there's about 15 former players here. Um, you know, I'm just glad the guys come out and support. You know, they just yeah. know what I'm trying to do in Baltimore, and they're just, you know, my old guys, and I want to thank them for being here. I love that. I mean, it's, they don't have to come back, right? No, they don't. They don't right. have to be here. You know what? They just say, hey, you know, JL's got an event in Baltimore. We'll come support, and yeah. I, I love it. I appreciate it so much. And if I could be there for them whenever they need me, JL, thank you so much for the time and Thanks for having so us out, man. This is hopefully we can make make this an annual tradition and whatnot and um, absolutely man please do you know you guys have been great i love having you here and just um keep it keep on keeping on hey thanks for coming back to Baltimore absolutely too. absolutely the rate we're going to two months within a month calendar i mean let's let's keep this going right? <laughs> i know huh? <laughs> shit that's impressive hey, huh? and and you hear what little stevenson, stevenson there? Right, I mean, there you go my son be right there make that announce- is, hey, is yeah. it formal yet? Is yeah, it yeah oh it's formal my son is uh going to be a he just graduated high school next year he's going to stevenson university so and the, and the crazy thing about the schedule is, like, the Stevenson schedule and the Ravens schedule, like, almost syncs up daggone near perfectly as far as home and home. Yeah. So I'm going to be, like, Saturday Stevenson, Sunday ball at the Ravens games. I mean, it's just going to be a fun fall for me to see my son get a chance to go out there and hopefully dominate yeah. the, the field at Stevenson and go watch the Ravens kick some ass on Sundays. I was going to say, too, we'll just finish here. And this is a little shout-out for the Mustangs. But having called games there all throughout college at Loyola and then a little bit after, too. You walk in there and then nobody tells you it's a Division three facility. You would never know it. It's, oh, no. it's immaculate. Absolutely, and that football stadium is pretty cool. It's a great stadium. It's great facilities. I mean, that school you can tell they really care about sports. All sports. I mean, women's, men's. Different. It doesn't matter the sport. I mean, they got a beach volleyball team there. I mean, you could tell those are kids who go there and want to play sports, and, and they're hungry kids. And he's going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy being part of the Stevenson family, and uh, we're going to have some great times there. Awesome, J.L. Have a great rest of the afternoon. I mean, it's really just getting started here, just after, just before 3.30 here Eastern. But uh, thanks so much for dropping by. Absolutely. I'm glad I could do it. Heck, yeah. Good seeing you, man. Enjoy it. You got any more tee shots to hit? I might, I might find one or two more. I mean, I hit a couple. I hit some hum niggas out there today, though. I was like, I was impressed with myself a few times. I was like, man, I wish I did on my own shots in my own ball. One of them was ours. Yeah, so. I know. I was yeah. like, I was like, y'all did that. I normally don't do that. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy yourself, J.O. Jonathan Ogden, Hall of Famer and former Raven. And, and what an awesome time it's been out here. We're going to have Kyle Richardson from the Ravens Super Bowl winning team back in 2000 dropping by momentarily. But, uh, Again, we are out at Woodhome Country Club here in Pikesville, Maryland. I'm Bobby Trossett. As always, Sarah Ellison's on vacation for the next week or so. So uh, we're going to be, you know, doing things a little bit differently this year, right? I mean, or this week, I should say. I mean, the bottom line is we're getting ready for training camp. This is a slow time of the year and whatnot, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's fun. And, and training camp is just over a month and a half away. So we are moving right along. And as promised, Former Super Bowl winning Raven from the 2000 team, Kyle Richardson, joins the show. Kyle, great to meet you, man. And yeah, it, hey, on, Bobby, come on in. Yeah, how are you? Good. We are having a great day out here. We really are. Yeah. Jo is uh, raising JO some came, bucks out here. Oh man, he Jo came over with a stogie. Was in all of his glory. And, and it's been <laughs> it's 80 very degrees. chill. Yeah, so it's a very chill feeling right now. It's oh, good. Man. Yeah. How you been? I, I'm doing well. We we got congratulations about, with the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, awesome. we, we got in about 12 holes or so. So Wendy, okay, you know they were nice enough to let now us. Now you do gotta a go to work. Yeah, we, we gotta do a little bit of both. And uh, 
I, we just I did not contribute nearly enough to the to the sixth them unfortunately. But how well, are you I, them? Yeah, we're we're playing good. Uh, Steve DeCastro's Ruth Chris team is yeah. looking pretty sharp. And then I had to leave them because we're switching every nine. So oh, really, yeah. Okay. And uh, but I hope their mojo keeps going because they're they're out there and leading the course. I'd say. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. So so we got a. OG, a bunch of OG Ravens fans here, and, and of course, <laughs> gotta go back a long way. So that's true. But but what'll be nice is we can do a little bit of both here. We can like reintroduce you to the folks that are you know the millennials or whatever that maybe weren't around during your your Super Bowl run and, and throughout your career, but then also kind of revisit for other folks that were mm-hmm. uh, that that want to look back at that. So why don't we just start with the present? You know what what are you up to now in life, and um, you know specifically are you in the Maryland area? We are. Yeah, we moved back. My wife and I, um, she's from the Baltimore area. So we came back about 14 years ago. And uh, so I personally got into uh, healthcare business. So we have a care coordination company. It's based here. It's uh, services around the country. We just signed up a client in Oregon. So I guess I'll be going to Oregon soon to see what that's all about out there. And maybe go out to Banyan Banyan Dunes, right? Might have to visit wherever that is. So yeah, so West Coast to East Coast and everywhere in between for our company. So care coordination, healthcare. Awesome. Everybody needs a little help these days on their uh, telehealth. Always. What about Jonathan's tournament that, and I know you're now, you're not traveling too crazy for it, but we were just talking about it. I mean, the, the, the past and the present Ravens that are here, you know, everybody from Ozzy to McAllister and, and Kadri and, and you name it. I mean, these guys don't have to come back. So what is it about this tournament that brings you back? Oh, for J.O., right? Number one for J.O., but um, Wendy, her, has done a great job putting on the tournament year over year, so it becomes a consistent, you know, and you know what you're going to d- get into when you come, and it's always set up well for guys that uh, want to come in and be a part of the celebrity side of it. Um, but, you know, J.O.'s doing some good work in, in the part of the city that it's tough, right? And so, you know, we can come out and try to uh, help these foursomes show a little more special, uh, you know, golf outing and, um, you know, the this time of year, you get invites to a lot of different outings, but this is one I always put on my calendar. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. You got to. It's, it's kind of like right before it gets crazy, too. Yeah. Right? I feel like the second half of June yeah. is when the outings really start to ramp up. But uh, And it gets hotter, you know. So this is like the perfect temperature right now. Time's good. So, uh, yeah, before it really gets going with all the charity tournaments that we have. Oh, yeah. So how how much, how in tune would you say you are with the, the current Ravens in terms of following the organization, especially from a special team standpoint? Um, well, not as good as you probably, Bobby. I'm sure you're following a little closer, but, uh, you know, obviously the three that the guys they have right now, and you would include the long snapper with that threesome, right? So it's the long snapper making it all happen for the, the punter and the kicker. And that, that's been a consistent with the organization, you know, and they've just had so much good, uh, good talent in the kicking organization before me and um, after. So, you know, Originally, it was a guy named Greg Montgomery. If you guys remember the punter, Greg Montgomery was a nine-year vet. Um, and uh, I came in and, and ended up getting the job. But, you know, he was a total professional. And um, the way he handled me in camp and as a competition, it, it taught me something, you know. And I went elsewhere for other teams. I thought about those young guys trying to break in just like me at one point. Oh, yeah. 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 So that would have been 98 you came in and won 98. That's right. 98. three seasons in Baltimore. Four. I was four. here four years. 98 through 01. That's correct. Yep. So after the Super Bowl year, I signed a tendered offer with uh, Carolina and then uh, the Ravens matched it. So I came back for 2001 and then I went on to Minnesota. You know, I got to wonder because we're about a year removed right from sort of the ceremony and the, the, uh, 
remembering the the 20 year anniversary and whatnot. And obviously, it's gosh, I mean, I think we all look back at that event being that the tone, the late Tony Saragusa was so involved in it. You know, we look back at it with just this, this, it was so powerful, you know, because all he mm-hmm. was, he was such an integral part of the doc yeah. that ESPN put together. Right. And that day itself. Right. That, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just crazy to look back at that, but you know, I got to yeah. wonder what, what that team means to you throughout your career and, and the way you look back at it. Well, look, I mean, you know, I look back at it when I came in 98, it, what it meant for the town first, right? I mean, the city uh, of Baltimore was, was uh, kind of lost itself for a while. And then when we came in and won the championship, the town just turned and it was like, there's our identity, you know, and that type of football that we played fit perfect. Uh, and then we did it again in 2012. So the, the established fan base is here forever. And, uh, you know, it was a special moment to actually turn that ocean liner around and be a part of that and watch it happen. The different coaches that came in, the pieces and the Tony Saragusas that were the personality and, and yeah. the, the guy that showed up on Sunday, right? I mean, the guy that could have the most fun in the locker room and then actually show up the next day and just kick butt. You know, it was, it was, no, it was just amazing to watch uh, the looseness of that group. Uh, and there was never a locker room like it. And I think that was the key, right? You had the pieces and you had all the talent. Um, we found our, you know, ourselves on the offensive uh, situation, you know, that year. But it was really, it was about the different pieces and and having the characters that, of that locker room that a guy like Tony, quite honestly, could manage, you know, and the head coach, you know, Billick at the time, let let it happen. You know, there was romper room at times during practice <laughs> and everybody's like, are we at, uh, are we at you know, training camp or what? where are we? No, we're in, we're heading to the Super Bowl, man. It was, it was that way all the way through our Super Bowl year. And uh, I think that's what made it special. And I think that's what everybody that would, uh, a part of that team would say too. It's all connected. That best part, best organization, best team that you were ever a part of. Uh, that particular team. Yeah. I mean, for that stretch, it was certainly, uh, there wasn't, I went to, you know, three other teams and, um, there was always a mismatch of chemistry and whether the head coach or if it was the player personnel, there was always something that was missing. And, you know, um, I saw what Marvin Lewis was doing uh, as head coach because he brought me in for two years. I saw that he was turning that iceberg around and he was building out a true scouting department, which they never had. Um, it's hard to think even back in, in uh, 2004, they just were starting their scouting department. <laughs> and so and look at it now. Boy. And now, you know, you see the pieces and that's really kind of what he set up. Uh, and they found their quarterback and, and all those that winning way. But, um, you know, they they're a tough, salty team, but. I never saw that type of complete team that we had. And, and of course, I was just never a part of another Super Bowl team like that. Yeah. And you mentioned special teams, right? And we all know that the Baltimore pedigree when it comes to special teams. I mean, it's really been as long as this organization's existed, to your point a couple minutes ago, it's been an integral part of, of what they do. And this year's trio that you just referenced, Nick Moore as the long snapper, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, Justin, Justin Tucker as, as the kicker, and then uh, Jordan Stout out of Penn State, a second-year player, uh, coming off. And that's kind of the guy that I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been able to study him afar or whatnot, but the fact that you never really heard his name mm-hmm. is a good thing, right? And, yeah. and after years and years of stability with Sam Cook, the great right. Sam Cook, yeah, I know. it just speaks to what he, what he was able to accomplish in year one. you got to give it to him. And I saw his comments in the paper in training camp early on. I was like, Man, this guy's stepping out there. He's, oh, he's pretty, yeah. uh, pretty, you know, confident of himself. I guess yeah. you could say. But oh, 
but um, he backed it up, you know, he was consistent and held his own. Um, he had a good group around him. You know, that always makes a difference, you know, having the right, you know, guys, veterans uh, from Sam that stayed around to help coach him, which is, yep. you know, you wonder how that was going to go, but um, you know, he, he was able to, to be tested at times uh, and come through some of those things. So, you know, I always, uh, there was a coach here, um, a guy named Scotty O'Brien. He said, uh, Kyle, you know, your first year is going to be one of those years where you're going to have some hits and misses. Your second year is, is when you really make your money. So we'll see if he can uh, back it up. Okay. <laughs> year one is in the books out of Penn State. We'll see. it. Like you said, when you don't, it's special teams unless you're the kicker. If, 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 if you're not hearing your name called and yeah. you, made, no, you're you made a career out of this, right? Yeah, I mean, no, uh, that's true. So actually that same guy, he, he made Scotty O'Brien was a special teams coach and left here to go. He actually ended up in, uh, in New England and won three Super Bowls with Belichick and, of course, Brady as the special teams coach. But when he was here, he made the best comment to me. He's like, Kyle, you can mess up once. Don't mess up twice. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it with a little more color. So, yeah. and I learned about that. And I was actually that guy that could always repeat, you know, like, all right, I shanked a punt because it's going to happen or you just didn't hit it right. But I could always come back and, and that second one was better. Tell you what, just because we're on the golf course right now, you got me now, thinking now about the concept. My of, golf game doesn't <laughs> translate to that. All right, brother. <laughs> the, the concept though of having a short yeah. memory though, right? That's, a, that's yeah, that's no, it, it is. is. It's like, all right, I got to adjust on what I do. What didn't I do right? And now I got to go back out there. Um, so it's that short memory type yeah. of thing. And, and, uh, you know, I, I was able to overcome that and I could lock in there and do that. So how does Justin Tucker do what he does? What, what is, how, what is the secret sauce to his longevity? Um, you know, <laughs> that's a very good question. I, I couldn't say that I've been as close uh, to it as Sam and, you know, he's probably the, the best, uh, voice to understand that. But I think you just look at a complete person that it seems that, uh, Justin is, you know, from his temperament to his talents and the way he thinks about things and his personalities and you know outgoing but yet at times can just zero in you know and, and that's the hard thing it's like how do you be a part of the locker room and then flip your your focus to just that single event and you don't shank it off right or left um i was not that kind of guy i was a guy that was grinding i was always grinding and it seems like he has that talent to be able to live both worlds which you know, after nine and 10 years, it wears on you. Yeah. And I was done, you know, mentally, you yeah. just get beat down. And, and, uh, but for a guy like that, it's got all the talent. Um, yeah, it's, uh, remarkable. <laughs> quite honestly, it's going to own every record in the book, but by the time it's done, right. he, he may, he may dang well go till sing, 40. You know, I mean, he can do commercials. What he, else? You he, know, he may go till 40. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, other kickers have done it. He seems like if he wants to do, <laughs> if he wants to do it, right. It seems like he's kind of guy that will go out there next time, uh, in another 10 years for a left footed. He'll, he'll be the left footed guy. And you'd be like, of course he can do a left footed. I got bored, you know? Yeah. I of course he can do it left footed. Goodness gracious. Well, Kyle, we appreciate you dropping yeah. by, man. And uh, thanks Bobby. And th thanks so much for you know, what you do for, J.O. And, and, and now popping on us. I mean, gosh, I've wanted to have you on for a while, so it worked out well. Thanks, Bobby. Kyle Appreciate Richardson it. from right, the Super Bowl man. winning Ravens, a part of the uh, Ravens alumni, too. So That's right. There you have it. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate the time. We're going to keep, keep rolling on here. Let's see if we can get Brad Jackson on here next before he hits a tee shot here. Thanks again, Kyle. Kyle Richardson, former Ravens punter from the 2000 team. We're out here at Woodholm Country Club in Pikesville, Maryland, having a good time. And, and, and let's see if we can – just wanted to let everybody know, too, that shop at giftygarage.net, where we keep you classy without breaking the bank. Meet our founder, Stacy Sense, in person at the Pollock Johnny's Restaurant 
Grand opening on Saturday, June 10th from 12 to 5 o'clock in Sparrows Point, Maryland. They're going to have a vendor table set up with their classy apparel and gifts for purchases, including their Father's Day red, white, and blue and beach and pool swag and more. So, again, Stacy Sense, you can go find out and check out what they offer on giftygarage.net. So, again, we are here at Woodhome Country Club in, in Pikesville, Maryland. We're going to get so many different folks on. We've already heard from Jonathan Ogden. And of course, and there's the, as a, let's do a little bit of golf play by play, right? We've got to have a little bit of fun here. That is a look right now at, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, for those of you who might be listening in podcast form later on, that is a look at the par four first, the par four first hole. And Jonathan is, is out there hitting his celebrity shots here. So we may get a look at, at what his tee shot looks like. And like I said earlier on, we had him on the 16th earlier and boy was he was he awfully helpful it's a scramble so we used him because shockingly jo is good at everything he does so let's see if we can we're gonna have brad jackson on here shortly but let's see if we can get jo's tee shot on so we can get a little play-by-play brad what do you think <laughs> how are you man good how are you doing great to see you thanks great for dropping you. by no problem. We, you know we saw you in the fairway on that one hole i think you you went a little right a team. little right i think you're still <laughs> traveling all the way to ellicott city from pikesville if that's right for where we're at let's cut the jo here before we get in with brad and, and let's get a little play-by-play -play, brad if you look right here at the screen you can see jo he's setting up here i'll see if i got any play-by-play -play golf golf network in my future here but but big jo all six eight three hundred plus lines up at the par four first and a nice, easy, smooth swing. We don't know where it is, but you know what? It's it. probably where is it? It's going left down the fairway, staying out of the trap. So it's a good shot for the big fella. You know, not a bad gig. He got kind of pops around from hole to no, hole. I mean, he has to. He does. He, you know, I, I don't know what year this is of the event, but it's <laughs> it's obviously one of the best and one of the few that I will continually to come out and support. Get invited to a bunch of these, but you know, until I get like good enough, because as a competitor, you want to be good. And then when there's people that are smaller than you and skinnier than you that are out driving you, oh, yeah. it gets very frustrating. So, you know, it's good for jail because there's so many people that support the event. You know, it's obviously a great for him to go out each hole and, and play with uh, the different groups that, that show their support each oh, and every year. Yeah, we had him on earlier on. And it was just, I mean, could it have been better for him? It's been 80 degrees, little breeze. Now it has been blustery a little bit. There's been a couple tough holes where we've had to deal with wind directly at our faces, right. but uh, just an awesome event, super well attended. And, you know, I just want to kind of have you on to talk a little bit about what you're up to these days. And of course, we got to get your thoughts on the current Ravens. But right. first and foremost, for those who haven't been following along since your career finished up to, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I have a couple of businesses that I've been fortunate, done well, and they've sold. Sold the last one uh, last October, and then uh, was pretty much just traveling around. All my kids played college sports. My son started at Towson playing baseball for a couple of years, then he finished at Stanford. And then my baby girl, she finished at Georgia Tech. So now I have to play golf uh, because I have no kids sports to go to, which has dominated my life since I started coaching my oldest, who went to Delaware um as well so it's 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 one of those things where like now you have to find things you know and but you're older you're, you're 47 years old and you can't go out and play basketball every day i mean i played basketball and football at the university of cincinnati so yeah. basketball was a way to stay in shape and get those competitive juices going uh and but it takes me like five days to recover from like one game now so uh <laughs> so jo has been you know he's big on a golf kick he's obviously lives on a golf course back in vegas so he's always trying to talk you know to get me to go out there along with chris McAllister, who's out here today and c-mac is a very good golfer he plays about four or five times a week in in dallas 
And, uh, you know, so Dwayne Starks, another guy that plays like probably four or five times a week down in South Florida. And, and so, um, so yeah, so other than that, you know, now that the kids are out of the house, uh, I've helped kind of dabble in scouting. So I've helped out with the Reese's senior bowl, uh, the last couple of years, uh, been kind of the Northeast guy. So that's been fun. Cause you're going to schools and seeing the guys, uh, and writing report. And it's, it's the guy, uh, our executive director, Jim Nagy, you know, he's got six Super Bowls. You know, he was in Seattle for two and in New England for four. Uh, and then he now runs the recent senior bowl out of Mobile. And so um, it's been a good spot for he's got developed a program for former athletes to come in and learn the scouting side, because a lot of people don't know. And I was one of those people that, you know, that scouting is another opportunity versus just coaching uh, in the NFL or now in colleges, because you have the transfer portal and you still have the high school kids. So colleges are now running their programs, just like the NFL, where you have a pro side, which is the guys that are in the National Football League that you're trying to see who's going to be a free agent, who's going to get cut, who, you know, to add to your roster. And then in a in the college world, that's the guys in the portal that are already in college. And then you have the college size, which is what uh, I do with the senior board, where you're going to different colleges in the Northeast and scouting guys. And, and obviously, Zay Flowers, uh, the Ravens' first-round pick this year, was one of the kids that I scouted. Not very many people were on him, uh, so he was a he he was kind of like a second to fourth rounder, uh, and then obviously the Ravens took him first round um, because he's explosive, yeah. talented, yeah. and so, so a lot of those are the same characteristics. And and I spoke with people because that's what you do, you know, in the business is talk with people in the Ravens and other teams or you know what do you see, kind of see if other people are seeing it. So, um, so that's been fun, and then that's pretty much it. I, I've been extremely blessed, you know, and and. Uh, so I got no complaints and, you know, try to get better at golf. And uh, I know my my coach, Nick, at uh, Golf Tech here in Pikesville, I'm not making him proud today, but he, he's he got a lot to work with. We're, I always say I'm a blank canvas. And yeah, uh, yeah. so um, so that's been pretty much it. Did radio and television for about 15 years uh, with Comcast Sports and, and NBC Sports. Had my own radio show, Purple and Black Attack, for almost 12 years uh, that we did out of High Tops and Timonium. Uh, and then COVID kind of like shut all that stuff down and then – and then at that same time, you know, the kids were finishing up. Junior was, uh, like I said, out of Stanford and area was uh, uh, at um, Georgia Tech. So the falls I spent doing going to their fall balls and traveling around and watching that. And then the spring times, you know, obviously I'm all over the watch. I didn't miss I didn't miss any of their games like that was my goal right, right. as a father is not to miss any of the kids games. And so. Now that that's done, you know, we'll see what the next chapter holds. And uh, the scouting thing has been great. Uh, so we'll see if it if it translates to something. I've had conversations with some NFL teams. and But we'll see what happens. You know, you like to do stuff here at home with the Ravens. But a lot of times it's better to go someplace else before you come back. or uh, And and so we'll just see what happens. So other than that, that's, that's Brad Jackson in a nutshell for the last 10, 15 years. You know, softball dad, baseball dad, and uh media personality and entrepreneur and and things have worked out well so now i'm 47 and you know not much going on but uh well, in other news you've been busy Brad. and now yeah yeah prior to that which is funny now because you know talking to my former teammates out here you know that came you know uh Dwayne starks and daniel wilcox all these guys you know the evan ogilvy's their their kids are now in that that early teen of mid-teen range and they got travel ball and and all that type of stuff. So I was like, yeah, I live that. So, um, but it's exciting uh, to to come back and see all the guys and support uh, all the stuff uh, along with, you know, Kyle Richardson, who you guys had on before. Yeah. He's our president. I was vice president. And then Femi, I am Badejo, took that part over. And I'm the treasurer for our NFL alumni Baltimore chapter. 
Um, so we have a lot of stuff where we're take, helping take care of former players in the community and also obviously take care of kids initiatives. So a lot of cool things that are involved. Uh, we have our own golf tournament next Monday, not to, not to shine on Jo's golf tournament, but, uh, you know, we're usually try to go a couple, a couple weeks after his, uh, and he's been a big supporter of ours. So it's exciting. Uh, that we can give back to the community here in Baltimore as former players and world champions. That's fantastic too, because you know Femi's a friend of the show. He does a lot of stuff with us locally, and uh, it, it's I love it how you you know a lot of you guys have stuck around locally. You know? Yeah, and just because Jo's not local, I mean, still you would never know it, right? With right. what he does, especially during the fall. Especially during the fall. I mean, he's almost out here all the time, and and I know he's kept his house here. Like I I split time between here and Florida, and I kept the house here because, like you said, you're always involved in doing stuff and and being back and being a part. And, you know, that's why you try to get the guys to come back. And, you know, most of that is attributed to the fan base. You know, a lot of people yeah. I've played in other places. I think almost everyone that you guys are going to talk today played at other places. Minus J.O. He's one of the few unicorns that we call that yeah. get to start and finish with the franchise that drafted you. And, uh, and so it's the fan base that makes it special. You know, I played in Carolina, I played in Miami and, you know, Miami, it's, it's a whole bunch of out of towners that are just down there to party and hang out. So you don't have that true, fan base and then carolina it's nascar country so you know even though we've had exciting times you know when i was with the panthers and they even had a still you know nascar still rolls down there so um you know but the fan base here is what makes it special to come back you always feel welcome uh we had ravens beach bash this past weekend so several of the guys went down to ocean city and it was their first time being in ocean city doing beach bash and like chris McAllister, if you get a chance to have him on just ask him about his experience <laughs> ask him about karaoke that's why my voice is gone uh i'm the king of karaoke for Where the ravens roost down? it went down at the ravens roost at castle in the sands in front of about 12 to 1500 people <laughs> and i put on a show uh so evan knows we had never done it before and i like you're the rookies this first beach bash you got to go and he went down there and he was like this is must what it feel like to be like Drake. Like, I feel like I just ran out of the tunnel yeah. because the energy in the crowd. And so he, I think his first song was, uh, Daniel Wilcox did, uh, gin and juice and Evan Ozer did ice ice baby. And then we did doing the butt as a group. And then of course you guys know, you got to do a banger when you come to karaoke, you got to do a song. That's a crowd favorite. And everyone knows. So you can't stop believing. So I get oh, on yeah, the mic and I'm yeah. like, we all thought we were losing our quarterback, but you know, a Ravens flock, Hit a DJ and then he comes on. Ding, 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 ding. Don't stop believing. So it was awesome. And then we left and then we came back. Uh, we had to meet some awesome Ravens fans that came from Germany. The Ravens flock that opened up in Germany in the UK. They were actually here. Uh, and it was awesome to see those people that came all the way from across the side of the world just for a weekend in Ocean City to meet other Ravens flock and to meet us. They were like almost in tears, like that, you know, that they actually met some Ravens and uh you know former ones obviously and uh so that was exciting and then we came back and then you know i had to do an encore with sweet caroline and walk off the stage mic drop it's in it's over couldn't but get enough man. couldn't get enough and uh so yeah so um but you know when you get ravens flock and all the ravens roost and and you know going down to ocean city and descending on that and, you know you have thousands of people down there for a weekend and hit up all the events the baltimore ravens do a great job katie bollinger matt little kim ferguson ilsa those are the people that put all the hard work in inside the Ravens organization to make everything happy. And then the residents in, in Ocean City did a fabulous job. The city of Ocean City, we got, they let BJ get in the fire truck and start it up. And I was like in heaven. Like, I, I don't know. Last time I was in a fire truck, I think I was like six or eight years old when they take you to the fire station. Like, I want to be a fireman. Yeah. And I had the hat on. And then I was like, man, these dudes, 
are like so like ridiculous real heroes because you know you're yeah. like wait a minute they're running into burden buildings i i'm not i ain't tough enough to do that i can run into a wedge and all that but as far as running to save people and do all that like you know hats off to all of our you know fire and police and you know they're out there you know keeping us safe and doing all that because they don't get enough credit and uh you know i I love the blue and love all the guys in red and ladies as well that are helping to keep us safe so god bless them and their families i tell you what we got a lot to unpack here right (laughs) i I, want to talk about your scouting background i want to talk about what you think about zay i want to talk about this don't stop believing song with Lamar. crazy i mean where do we even begin why don't don't we start with i I asked jo this earlier on and he emphatically told me that he never had a doubt did you ever have a doubt that Lamar would be back? No, I knew he'd be back. I had friends that, you know, I, I smoked cigars with and they panic all the time. I'm like, the, you know, when you're on th- this side of it, you kind of get a feel like the market was the market. You know, no disrespect to LJ8. Uh, but, you know, like what the demands were early, which obviously always changed, um, you know, with the guarantee and Deshaun's money and all that. Um, which you're supposed to ask for it. You know, you're supposed to, you know, ask for the universe and hope you get a planet, you know, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I knew he would be back. Uh, Eric DeCosta was going to do a fabulous job. Mr. Bashadi, you know, I know Sasha Brown, the new president hadn't been here as much, but all those guys worked together, obviously with coach Harbs um, and making sure that they wanted to keep the franchise quarterback and former MVP here in Baltimore. Like, I mean, things have been trending. Obviously the injury thing is something to concern and that me talking with other people and other teams, you know, doing out this whole scouting season, like there was that concern. Arthur Blank, you know, for the Falcons came out publicly and said it. And uh, and so, you know, and then you had Jim Irsey with the Colts, you know, publicly say, I'm not doing guaranteed money. Like you look at the NBA and look at the MLB and it's not good for business. And so uh, so you knew those things were going to kind of eliminate the teams that would have needed a quarterback. And then uh, so once you saw that trickle down, it was like, I pretty much had an idea talking to people at the Reese's Senior Bowl in early February and then the Combine that it was going to be a done deal. Like, there was no place else for him to go, and it was just kind of a waiting game. Uh, And then friends that I have that are in the business with the Eagles, you know, knowing that they were working on some with Jalen Hurts, and, you know, that kind of set the parameter for for LJ because Jalen, you know, and it's only been one year, but sadly he's had more playoff wins right you know he had two lamar's one and three and it is what it is it's not a knock it is it is what it is this is a what have you done for me lately league you know this is a league of numbers you know and uh and so once you saw his numbers you were like okay and i had said before i had you know that he would probably be like 180 to 190 guaranteed and everyone's like no that's crazy like he and i'm like that's that's the market, you know what I'm saying? Because we all know where the, the food chain is. No disrespect to none of them. They're all great quarterbacks. But there's Patty Mahomes, and then there's everybody else, right? You yeah, know, because when you got five AFC championships and three bowls and two chips, you all fall under that. And so uh, with Jalen Hurts making it to a Super Bowl, you know, they lost. That kind of kind of said, okay, well, where he, was he at? Like 170 and change. Then Lamar does has an MVP. And then, you know, obviously, I think was his guarantee 181 and some change or whatever. Like, you know, it's uh, he's good forever is the way we always say it. Like the struggle is over financially. Um, And so now it's just a matter of just going to play. And, you know, they got some weapons around him. They drafted Zay. They brought in OBJ, uh, you know, obviously brought in Nelson, uh, another wide receiver. I I just hope and this is this is B Jack. Y'all people that know already know I don't have a filter. Um, I just hope that this doesn't, you know, start to limit the the development of Duvernay and Rashad Bateman, you know, because we've seen that in the past with Ravens Nation. We all know there's never been 
a Ravens wide receiver drafted that has made it to a second contract. That's the numbers. That's the facts. Don't hate me. It is what it is. So, and a lot of that is because we've went and got those veteran guys, which were, which were great players. You know, you look at first it was Derek Mason. And then we kind of, that kind of like hindered some of the development of the young guys like Mark Clayton and the guys that we drafted. And then, you know, we had Kadri part of our Super Bowl year and, and that kind of, cause Kadri is such a, a good wide receiver. We had those veterans that Travis Taylor never quite turned out to be what he was. And then the next role, it was Derek Mason and Mark Clayton, the first rounder never, you know, as good as the player they were, they weren't that superstar great player that we all thought they would be because sometimes their development was hindered uh, because the quarterbacks may have trusted the veterans a little bit more. And then the next time was Anquan Bolden. And then of course Q was, you know, a huge force in the 2012 championship uh, and then we brought Steve Smith in and then, you know, you can go down. We've had over 25, 26 wide receivers drafted, yeah. you know, in the last 20 years. And none of them have been, you know, we had the Tory Smiths and all that. But, you know, Tory ended up having to go get paid elsewhere in San Francisco and then finish up with Philly where he was fortunate to win a second ring. Uh, and so now you're kind of like, OK, we got, you know, another veteran, but we still have Duve, We still have Bateman who are first rounders and now Zay. So. You know, where all those guys fit in, you know, that's going to be up to, you know, the new OC who came from Georgia. We all know he's, he did great things there. Me being on the college side, you know, had a chance to obviously scout and be around all those guys down in Athens. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I had someone at Beach Pass ask me, well, is this going to hurt Mark Andrews? And I'm like, well, if you go and look at what they did, Bowers is going to be a first round to tight end down to Georgia. He's a stud. They had the first round tight end this year. You know, so he's going to incorporate the tight end plenty in, in, in his passing offense. So it's going to be exciting. We're just going to find out if they're going to get away from the run. And then what does that mean yeah. for Gus the Bus and know, JK? And hopefully it means less carries for Lamar. And it's only like when he's got to make those special plays right. and get out the pocket. But and then the guys are going to be open. So I see it being a headache for secondaries, yeah. you know, this year. If they can get things going, it's going to take some time. So Ravens flock, be, be patient. Don't don't panic in September if they're two and two or whatever, or one and three, God forbid. Uh, or, you know, let's not get too crazy if they're four and oh, but it's gonna take some time for them to jail. New system, new terminology, new concepts, new receivers, new players. And so it's it's all gonna be new uh things that are gonna to have to take time and development, but yeah. they're up for the challenge. So that'd be exciting. I'm joined by a former Super Bowl champion, former Raven, Brad Jackson here. Nice enough to drop by. We're at Jonathan Ogden's annual golf tournament here at Woodhome Country Club in uh, in Pikesville, Maryland. And, you know, a bunch of things. I mean, first of all, Lamar, we know Lamar is at his best when he's off schedule. Right. right. And, and, and improv. So he's not going to lose that aspect. No. Of it, but I'm totally with you. If, if they can if they can take less off him design wise. Right? Yeah, we, we want him be to be healthy for 17. Right. You know, not right. 12. And throughout the duration yeah, of the five year deal. That exactly. Decided, right? Exactly. So if, they've, if all those things to go into place, then hopefully that will take some of that off and those extra hits. Right. And, and he, he can be with us for 17 and five Two plus 17 right. plus because right. we want some playoffs in there. Right. That's one. Two. Lamar's just not going to forget about his favorite target across the middle. And Mark, no. to answer the person's question from, from Ocean City. Right. right. That's just not going to leave. No. And then uh, I, I guess I'm wondering, just to be clear with what you were talking about a minute ago in terms of the development side of things, are you concerned based on some of the additions that they made for a Rashad Bateman in that category? Well, or, or? yeah, I mean, because we've seen this throughout the course of history. So being on the inside and then on the outside looking in, you're like, man, those other wide receivers had talents and I played with a couple of them and it, they never quite transformed to being that second guy, which is why the Ravens have never valued them enough to give them a second contract you know what i'm saying so and some of that had to do with well the the picks didn't pan out for whatever reason 
you know, I don't know if it's the right pick. I don't know if it's the system. I don't know if it's the player. When when things don't work out, it's usually never just one thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, uh, but we've had to go out and get that veteran wide receiver to kind of like be a stopgap. And then in those moments, you know, we've seen the Derek Mason and uh, Steve Smith have, you know, 70, 80, 90 catches. And, you know, quarterbacks are going to be comfortable with who they're comfortable with. And yeah. so maybe, you know, like we've seen it in the offense last year, in the last couple of years, let's call it what it is. B-Jack has no filter where, you know, there were times that Bateman, you know, was open and, you know, Lamar was heavy on Hollywood, you know, his childhood homeboy. We all seen it. It's not a bad thing. Like, you know, whether the play was designed that way. And then there was times where that can get frustrating for a wide receiver. We all know they're all divas. I was a former wide receiver, you know, before they found out I couldn't catch and move me to defense. <laughs> so, Wait, how, how long were we talking to go? And listen, I got to college and then they found out at the University of Cincinnati in my first year was like, this joker cannot catch. We, You're going to safety. And so then my coach then, Rick Minner, I was like, I'm going to get beat. I bit on every play action possible. And then so he's like, okay, great. You're not going to play wide receiver. You can't play safety because you get beat on every play action. And I had never hit anybody. So he was like, I'm going to move you to linebacker. And that was his plan to get me to leave school. But he didn't realize, you know, coming from, you know, the way I came up, like when you tell me I can't do something, I'm completely like focused on doing that. So my first year, uh, I was a linebacker at 185 pounds and I made first team all conference and uh, third team all American. And then we ended up hiring Rex Ryan the next year. And it was the, you know, decision to change my life. Rex Ryan was my defensive coordinator. Wink Martindale was my linebacker coach. Jerry Rosberg, our Ravens' former secondary coach, was our DB coach. Chris Hewitt, our passing game coordinator, yeah. now was my safety. Bunch of legends. He was my <laughs> safety. And John Harbaugh was our running back coach and recruiting coordinator. So, uh, so yeah. like the names that you just ripped off. Yeah, like, and Mike Tomlin was staff. a GA. And don't forget, Mike Tomlin was a GA the following year, like, when we all left. So my University of Cincinnati gave Mike T his first his first opportunity. So which he loves to always bring up, and I always bring it up to him. Be like, Bearcats put you on the map, baby. Not William and Mary, the Bearcats did. They made a pretty good decision. Yeah, they him. did. And then obviously Mike still T is no, good. Still no record below five hundred. Unbelievable. And he's sixteen believe, years. And I believe he's now the second longest tenure head coach behind Belichick, which right. makes Harbs by a year right. the third longest yeah. tenure. It's crazy. It's amazing. So yeah. So yeah, we had a staff, and so then. And then the rest is history. But yeah, so but, you know, going back to with the wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you just hope that we saw his tweet this year, you know, when he got frustrated and he tweeted back at, you know, with Eric Acosta. Because Eric, just for quick context, remember, it was March, right? Yeah. Combine time. Press conference. Were you were you in Indy? Yes. Okay. so Eric gets asked about it. Right. And we all remember a couple of years ago, he's asked about the wide receiver position. And what did he do? He he kind of. Uh, he, he didn't mince his word, or he yeah. minced, he minced words, right? A couple of years ago, said, he, he said, you know, "I'm insulted by." Use the word. I don't know if it was at that press conference, but he, but he said, I'm, "I'm insulted by the fact that you guys keep questioning the wide receivers." Right. Well, how how things have changed, right? Right. A couple, a couple years later, this past March, now like he's like, "Yeah, we for whatever yes. reason we haven't hit on a wide receiver." And Bateman, you know, did what a lot of these young players do is go to Twitter right away because they're so yeah. triggered, and then he had to delete it. Do and you remember it, the day though that that happened? It was when the NFL PA led surveys were, were yes. the report cards i do remember the poor cards did anybody know an f minus existed i didn't i did not know uh i think my freshman year at university of cincinnati i may have had several of those because <laughs> after i tried to transfer and i remember i went into the academic office and they were like you can't transfer and i was like once you know coach Minner moved me to db from wide receiver and i was like 
they were like, you can't transfer. You have like six F minuses. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess you can't transfer with a 0.5 GPA. <laughs> Luckily, I, I turned it around after that, you know, thanks to, you know, Rex and Wink, you know, and those guys there, you know, being like, you can't do this. And obviously I played basketball and Coach Bob Huggins, you know, obviously a legendary coach at University of Cincinnati, West Virginia, um, you know, was one of the people that always kept a, a foot in my butt, you know, to make sure I was on point. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you just hope that, you know, that the quarterback in the system and the coordinators don't get too comfortable with, you know, designing plays for the veterans that the Duvernays, because, you know, we saw Duvie, you know, kind of, you know, go on a milk carton last year. He went missing and I know he had the injuries, the foot, but yeah. yeah uh, and then Bateman had the foot injury. So, and then you draft Zay. So, I mean, the wide receiver room is loaded and heavy and they're all divas. They all want the ball. Like we all know OBJ, if he's, coming out of here with four catches for 26 yards after game, his tweets are not going to be like, we won the game, you yeah. know, go purple and black. Like he's going to be like, it's only going to be a matter of time. And think about it. Too, he's got right? 15 million reasons to be a good boy. <laughs> but at the same time, like these guys are competitors and they all went to football. And, and unfortunately you just, don't, you hope that we don't all of a sudden turn into a 70 percent passing offense and a 30 percent running offense think about it too obj it's almost like a one-year prove-it deal right coming off a year where he was lost post acl so you have that aspect of him trying to prove to the league or baltimore perhaps if it's a re-sign hopefully it is nelson's the same way aguilar's the same way way, right so i mean you could nelson probably thought he was more of you know the juju smith schuster sign where he was going to get three for 27 you know two years guaranteed at about 14 15 and then maybe right off in the sunset. I mean, he was kind of thinking he was the same way because Juju yeah. was in a better system than the way he played, obviously. And, you know, his tweets yeah. and, you know, pissing off everybody is whatever. But TikTok. those guys, as the older they get, they're all kind of looking at like, okay, from the 50 to 60 reception range for about seven to 900 yards, this is the market. I can make about seven, eight, nine million dollars. So you're going to have, like you said, OBJ is trying to prove that he can get another two, three year deal. Nelson's going to try to prove to somebody else that he that he's still productive. You know, he doesn't want to be out there on a one point five million dollar deal next yeah. year getting signed in June right yeah. before training camp. Uh, and but then, then think about bait. Right. This time next year, yes. EDC will have already made a decision on the fifth year on, option. Exactly. So I guess. Did, did you did you have a problem back in March with the way that he sort of lashed out on Twitter? Who? Bait? Rashad. I had a problem with all these young guys lashing out of Twitter. Like, keep everything in-house. Like, that was the thing that we did. You know, if you have a problem, like, go address it in-house. And you like, didn't go up in the media. And, and right? well, yeah, I mean, we had it. But, I mean, there was a time, but Coach Billick was key on don't be the source to the media. Like, if you say something, put Social your name media. on it. It's a different grind Yes, now, it's you know? right, because these guys are their own brand and they want it. But at the same time, how many times you've been there? It's like when you send, you're about to send a text. And then you're like, do I send this text? Just reread it. Just yeah. reread it. Like, Don't press and then, you know, <laughs> because it's there forever. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and again, like, you know, maybe there's something there that now you could draw a rift between, I'm not saying that there is, so don't take it the wrong way. But, you know, if he doesn't flip out, do the Ravens take another wide receiver first round? Or do oh. they say, you know what, let's, let's go get another need position that we need film because we still got bait that we believe in bait. Or is it like, you know what? Yeah. That's how you really feel. Then go prove yourself yeah. and, and we'll see what happens. And, and it kind of works for both teams because if bait yeah. comes out with a chip on his shoulder and plays hard and plays well, that's good for the Ravens. So yeah. both teams are in a win-win. Yeah. Then he can, you know, maybe, you know, they pick up the fifth year. If not, then he's going to be a free yeah. agent a year early and can go get big money someplace else. But those are just the things that can 
and I and I hated being around. I've done a number of coaching internships, and it's usually always the first meeting of training camp. Like, don't put anything on social media. Yeah. Don't talk about what we're doing. If you got a problem with a teammate, like, you know, if, if you get new money, like, I can't be up here like emojis, big eyes. Oh, wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I still haven't got my deal, because the media is going to come the next day and say, hey, B-Jack, what'd you think of, you know, Bobby's new money? Oh, yeah. Well, we saw your emojis with the big eye. Are you shocked? Or I would, uh, are you shocked that the team paying it? Or are you shocked that he got it? So you're in a no-win situation. That's why it's cryptic. And that's why when JK did what he did last week. You're thinking to yourself, like, what does this do besides just create a, a storm, not only for the organization, yes. but it leaves questions around your name. So right. while I love JK, and I think a lot of Rashad in terms of his upside and stuff, right? right? Did you see the JK tweets from last week? I heard about him. I was in Los Angeles, minding my business. So, but I heard about it because I get texts from friends that be like, man, the yeah, Ravens are for this. The Ravens are normally quiet, like right. You're like we don't have stuff going on in the offseason. It's pretty boring in Ravens Nation, you know, in the offseason. But now all of a sudden it's like we had the Lamar stuff, and then we had Lamar tweeting and texting every dog on day about, uh, you know, all his the back and forth that went with that, and, and you know, trade requests, right? The trade requests, and I don't want to be here, and I love Ravens Nation. No, I wanted to be here. I would never want to go anyplace else, you know, while I'm signing my contract. And then you have Bateman, and then. Tweet, delete, and then Eric, like, no, that's not what I meant. I'm just saying we hope that's the guy. We have to do better internally of scouting. And, like, we're just noisy this offseason versus, like you said, just, hey, let's just start getting into training camp. You got vet camp coming up in a couple weeks. Like, you want to leave on a good note with everyone being good. So when they come back for training camp, everything is focused on winning the division because without winning the division, yes, you can make the playoffs, but you want to win a division and have those home playoff games. That's every team's first First meeting, first statement is what do we have to do to win our division first? We win our division, then we're obviously in the playoffs, and then we can get a home playoff game, and then all the chips are off the table yep. by then. Yep. So you just want to have a nice, quiet, clean off season. But, you know, we'll see what happens, and it's going to be exciting, and, and the media is going to have fun this year. I, but oh, I just sure. have the <laughs> feeling that it's going to be fun one way or the other because, like you said, we were talking about Bateman's deal and all that. Well, J.K., he hasn't got paid either, and there's still some frustration from him playing in that final preseason game a couple years ago, oh, and Landover. he tears his LCL, yeah. ACL, and there's still some ill feelings there as well. So uh, we'll figure all that out, but, you know. He doesn't hide that. No. He does not. That, like, that's not breaking news. No. He is still yeah. ticked off about the fact that he played yeah, that I'm, game against right. the commanders. It's not right? quietly – you know, is, this is something that people don't know about. He is still very vocal about that. Yeah. And, and then if you add that to, right, that that decision on top of last year's decision to not go to him or yeah. go away from him in the second half of the wild card game in Cincinnati, obviously he had a major emotional outburst in the locker room yeah. after because it all kind of can't come it to a head. came to a head again. Right? So there, that's, I, I wonder how he channels that, though. How, how does he kind of, by running people himself. over. That's what you do, JK. Catch the ball, run people over, average four and a half yards, five yards of carry like you were doing in the game. You should have got the ball, but hindsight's twenty twenty. We understand of it. No different than Huntley should have, you know, buried and not tried to go over top like Jordan and not fumble. We all know that. But you can't go back and change history. You can learn from it and move forward, you know. So, um, but, yeah, like that's how he needs to channel that. Like just run hard and angry all the time. And that's the same thing Bateman can do. Just run hard routes, catch the ball, be physical in man-to-man. And, you know, when you got man-to-man coverage on you and compete for the ball and score touchdowns. Like we all know that winning cures all evils, right? Oh, you know, oh. 
And so. hopefully that scope, the post scope and the rehab that's been right. you know, since the scope last year and a full offseason rehab. Yes. Hopefully he's able to get that last gear back. Because if you noticed post scope, once he was back out there, that extra breakaway gear that he yeah. had in 2020, it wasn't when, there. He admitted it to himself. Like he admitted it wasn't there. Like they you're, shouldn't be you're trying them. to find that gear. And it's it's kind of like when I play basketball, I'm like, oh, I can go dunk it. And then I'm. As soon as I jump up, the, the gear is not there. Like, I, I can't climb the ladder anymore. And it's a finger roll or whatever. And then I'm laid up for the next six days trying to recover and play. But, you know, he needs to find that gear. And hopefully this offseason, you know, I know he's worked hard. Um, I talked to my guy uh, when I was out at Ohio State for pro days out there. And, you know, like, he's been working hard to get back and healthy. And like you said, we're all hopeful because J.K., he's a, he's a phenomenal young man. Oh. And uh, from the few times I've been around him, and uh, and he's a competitor. So I wish he would have been a Bearcat instead of a Buckeye, but <laughs> unfortunately, we all can't be kings. So he's stuck with being in, you know, Ohio State. There you go. Get that shot. Get that shot <laughs> I in. Right. Take a shot. Hey, we're not Buckeyes right here. You got time for a couple more? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for the generous time. I got to thank a sponsor, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about Zay because that's where I want to get into the scouting here next. But uh, Brad Jackson, nice enough to, to join the vault here, simulcasting on my. Personal YouTube channel. We're out here at Wood Home Country Club at Jonathan Ogden's annual golf tournament. It's literally perfect out here. And I want to thank one of my sponsors, Valley Deck and Patio, uh, for doing what they do. And that is supporting me. And, and Valley Deck and Patio is a design build company specialized in building decks, screened in decks, patios, outdoor kitchens, landscape design. And they can even add a putting green to your project. How about that for the golf centric day that we're enjoying here? Consider visiting their website at www.valleydeckandpatio.com. That's valleydeckandpatio.com to request a consultation to start planning your project. That's valleydeckandpatio, valleydeckandpatio.com to schedule a project and consultation or estimate. Again, joined by Brad Jackson here. And, you know, you mentioned that scouting aspect of things. I'm kind of pulling for you now that I know that you're into this. Yeah, I, I would love to see you land with an NFL team and selfishly, hopefully it's in Baltimore. <laughs> by the way, Tony Jefferson's going to be coming. Yeah, in. he's the intern. He's actually at scout school right now at the senior bowl. So Jim Nagy started a program, I want to say three, four years ago, where it's for former players that come down uh, to mobile for a week. And basically it's it's one oh one. like it's scout school. It goes for a week. And Tony's actually there right now today. Okay. Started scout school in mobile. Uh, he's there right now, and I, I know he's going to be doing the internship for the Ravens. Yeah. Um, so that's great. And then Anthony Levine, who had been in scouting, I, you know, had been with him uh, and talked with him when the team was down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl this year. But, uh, you know, we had conversations about coaching and scouting or whatever, and then, you know, he kind of followed his heart. And, you know, now he's the Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, assistant special team coach. So good for Anthony Levine. Co-Cap is down there uh, doing his job in Nashville. So, or Nash Vegas, as I love to call it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's been pretty cool to see the Ravens, like, do their guys well. You know, they, they, they really, like, treat their guys well. And, uh, and, and Tony and, 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 of course, you know, Brad and, and, and Co-Cap and all these guys that want to stay. Feel, I mean, they even brought Sam Cook as, in, as, yeah, as a, yeah, Cookie's as a back. Yeah. special teams consultant. So it's Cookie's cool. got, like, nine kids. He don't want to go home. I, that's why I jokingly tell him. I told him, like, him and Flacco, Flacco don't want to stop playing because Joe got 27 kids. Yeah. He's not trying. He goes home. He's like, time when Brady went home. Brady was like, oh, heck no. I'm out of here. I'm going to go play football again. And then, you know, I think Cookie has like two or three. I'm joking, Cookie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, same thing with him. I'm like, you just got out. Like, you know what? Enjoy some time away. And he, he, he got out and got right back in. So, good for him. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I want to go be with the family. I, I don't want to do all this other stuff. It was crazy, too. I just – 
was thinking about this the other day because of how wide open, and I say wide open, I know it's the NFL, every conference, every division is, is difficult. and It's a war of attrition. But when you take a look at the NFC versus AFC, the AFC is Loaded. like murderer's row, Loaded. man. Loaded. And so if you, if you tell me that all you have to do is get through, let's say, Philly and Detroit, and I know there's a couple other teams in there in the NFC. If you're Tom, why didn't you stick around for another year? I, I, hey, you, who's saying he's done? We haven't started training camp yet. <laughs> you you could date this podcast because before you know it, we're like, uh, Tom has decided to come back again. And then he's going to convince Gronk to get out of his Yeah, he, yeah he's yeah. going to be like, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's foot is an issue right now. So he's going to go link back up with his former offensive coordinator, now head coach, you know, McDaniel out in Vegas and Tom would be out there or whatever. Who knows? You I never know. He's still working out. You imagine You that. know Just he is. There's no question he's still working out. That's I mean, he's a quarterback. It ain't got to do much. As long as he got to keep that cannon rolling, he's good. And that cannon has still got fire in it. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into the scouting side of things here before we let you go. Because being that you had a close look, you know, you had a chance to really look at, uh, at Zay. Uh-huh. And now that he's a Raven, I think a lot of folks are wondering, you know, where he fits in this puzzle. And, and most importantly, I think in their eyes, just, just from the from the fan base's eyes, being that you know a former first round pick, Marquise, like you mentioned, yeah. is similar size. I know they're built differently. I know their game's a little bit different, but they're both listed at five nine, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and what? Zay's a little bit bigger, but Zay is thicker. Like you know, right, right. Hollywood was those... Hollywood not not to say he was frail, but he was thin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in, yeah. in in Zay has more muscle. He has okay. more mass, and he can build onto that. He's a little more physical. Uh, you know, on contact and in routes, like he doesn't get bumped off routes like Hollywood used to. So when you're in coverage and, you know, DBs are going to do hand play and they're going to bump and that's what we do, you know, on defense, you know, sometimes he could get knocked off his landmark running a route where Zay does not in the past, the past couple of years watching film, he, he did have the tendency to kind of get like banged out. But then this past year, I mean, he, he started off and he definitely worked on, he's physical in his routes. He's physical coming out of breaks. He's using his hands. Well, he's coming back to the football you know, I mean, this is a guy when I was first watching film for the Senior Bowl and, you know, they did I don't know how many jet sweeps with him. And he's like cutting it right up in between. Like he's not trying to race himself to the sideline and get out of bounds. I mean, he's Which is something Marquise did. Right. Right. And and so like that's one of the things. And then he can return kicks, which is a need for the Ravens, obviously, also. So that's one of the things that I think Zay will could have an impact, especially early on. Uh, but definitely in that slot area. I mean, if you're talking about putting him on the same side with, you know, Andrews and whoever you want to throw out there. If it's OBJ, OBJ is probably not going to be running by people out of one. So he's not going to scare people. Uh, but if you're able to get Bateman and, and Zay on the same side, and then you bring another tight end over, that's, that's havoc for those linebackers and that dimebacker and those corners, even if you're a nickel, because you, you can't go dime and go four DBs all across because the Ravens are just going to hand it off and run the football down your throat. But they're too you know, animosity. Yeah, that's right. And so, yeah. and so that's, that's the advantage, but you know, Zay is super explosive. I mean, you know, the way that he improved from last year to this year was something to watch. And then when you watch the early games early on and his quarterback didn't play that well, you know, Jerkovic was supposed to be a first rounder and, you know, he kind of fell off the, the wagon and made some bad choices. And now he transferred to Pitt. Um, so he'll be taking his extra year at Pitt. He was at, I think, Notre Dame first and then he went to BC and then from BC. Now he's going to finish up at Pitt uh, is going to be interesting. So, you know, he's going to have a better thrower of the football with Lamar than what he had with Jerkovic, even though Jerk had the size. He's 6'6". Yeah. He looked like yeah. Joe Flacco, um, but he didn't have the arm and didn't make the decision. So um, it's it's going to be exciting. I thought Zay was a, a great pick. I There were some other things that I thought the Ravens could have done, um, but 
taken. Do you want him to go corner? Corner would have been well. Um, I, I think they could have got corners later on, um, which I think, you know, you could have. It was a deep draft for corners, so you didn't need to panic. And there, was n- there wasn't there was that one corner that, like, stood out, you know what I'm saying, where you're like, oh, my gosh, like, this, I got to have this guy. Um, you know, just rebuild the O-line. Like, I, I'm a believer, and I learned this from Isaac Newsom. Like, you win the game in the trenches. And so when you have a strong O-line and a strong D-line, you can stop and run and run the ball and protect your, your, you know, your $252 million quarterback or whatever the final numbers was. But And those are important. So um, hopefully Rodney Stanley can get back healthy. Uh, on the left side and then you know and but I was like okay there's some offensive linemen there and you know some of them went later uh, than I think a lot of people thought I mean you know especially you know Dewan Jones from Ohio State and some of those guys that were massive you know mountain of athletic men you know uh, Bergeron who was a kid I had at Syracuse he ended up going second third round and I was like oh he's there for the Ravens the second round like you know and Matthew is a phenomenal player um, and so for me, I'm able to reach out to Jonathan Ogden, like, you know, so I'll say, Hey, I'm looking at this kid. What do you think? And send him a couple of clips. And of course, Joe's, you know, next to Anthony Munoz is probably the two greatest tackles to ever suit up in the game. You know, so you can argue Walter Jones, Walter Jones was a phenomenal player, you know, for the Seahawks back. And, uh, so, you know, you learn those things and then talk with big Muatala who's out here and, you know, what, what do you look at interior wise? And so, um, but yeah, I mean, Zay Flowers pick is something, you know, that you can't be mad at because he's explosive and they kind of replace Hollywood um, Brown with getting a guy that's more physical, bigger, stronger, maybe even better hands. Okay. Not to keep bringing it back to Marquise, but I think a lot of the fan base is hung up on it because of the, the measurables, yeah. the, the similarities, you know right. what I mean? So they're not, they're not digging deeper. Like, like we're trying to right, right now. Right. So, so just to be clear though, be on record for, the key difference is between the two. You're saying he's the, physical, the sturdy, more physical. The he's sturdy. He's route strong. Running, though. He, he's where he's way stronger. Than like he doesn't get knocked off his, not going to knock off his so routes. Sturdy he's routes. Physical coming out the routes. How about yak? He's a willing, he's going to be yak guy because he's, he's going to bounce off guys. I mean, if you go back and watch the film, he was able to catch underneath routes, bounce off linebackers that thought they were just going to throw a shoulder on him. And then he was able to, you know, continue on down the field several times this season uh, obviously kick returning he's going to be special you I mean you got to be a tough guy to be back there running kicks back because you, you're getting hunted every time uh and then obviously he's, he's going to be a factor in the run game you know with the jet sweeps and the and the bubble screens and all those sorts of things that he showed him already do excel a lot of things i hate when teams and maybe this is the former player side of me they try to draft a guy in hopes of what he can do and i'm like well if you never saw it on film for three or four years how in the heck do you think He's going to do this at this position in the National Football League when grown men are paying their bills off of this job. Like, and then so, but that's the thing with Zay. Everything that we're talking about, he's already shown and has been attributed to. And there's actually film, there's receipts to show his willingness to block. I'm big on wide receivers being willing to block downfield. I call them willing participants when I write my reports. And he's a willing participant and he's physical. Like, he'll go and he'll try to. You know, he'll try to lock up a DB and he'll, he'll try to finish him and you mess around and get caught out there. No one wants to see that on film if you're a defensive guy. So I love that toughness and tenacity. So I, I think he was the right pick for what they were trying to do and, and help Lamar as much as possible and and build more on this offense and give Lamar as many weapons as possible. So right now, I don't see any excuses. You know, the defense should be fine. Mike McDonald, the defense finished excellent last year in the second half of the season. So uh, I expect more of that, you know, from those guys to start the year to get that continuity together because most of the guys on defense, you know, have been better. And obviously re-signing Roe, you know, was was 
was probably to me almost just as important as signing Lamar, yeah. getting Roquan back in, because yeah. um, he he solidifies that defense, and hopefully, you know, we can start to see you know Patrick Queen play better than what he has been because he needs to play better and the team needs him to play better. And hopefully by not having all the pressure of being in the middle and let that be on Roquan, he'll be able to actually play as just as good as he was when he's a first round pick coming out of LSU. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, obviously it was a big story in May when his, <laughs> when, when the option was declined, more noise, more noise. More noise. Well, you weren't kidding early on when you said, I mean, it was a noisy, noisy off season. Noisy, Unlike any other I've remembered for the last 25 years in Baltimore, drama filled off drama. And, and one of those was, was PQ's tweet on, on draft day. day tweet. Two. Again, we keep talking about the tweets. We do. Huh? We do. You know, I think it was, it was probably a beautiful time to play, <laughs> play the football game game without twitter right Right, exactly but now here we are right and it was a sheesh tweet and i couldn't believe it i was not at this press conference nobody asked when when pq had his first presser his first media availability with local reporters last week nobody directly asked him about the tweet oh of course not it was right when trenton simpson was drafted he wrote sheesh now interpretation wise could that be sheesh we're about to be loaded in the middle or was it sheesh What's up? What's up? Like I'm pretty what? much on my way out. What do you think it was? I don't know. I never try to read into tweets. You know what I'm saying? They're too cryptic, as as you said several minutes With ago. A like, C. You know, like right. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, he he felt some type of way. I mean, I was there as a former player. Whenever they draft someone at your position in the top three, top four rounds, you're like, wait a minute, like that guy's gonna be here. So who's out? And well, clearly, and it, it's what, what it we was. talked about with J.K. and with Bateman, and now him. Like step up and play. Like. If you step up and play, you're going to earn yourself more money. And it's a win-win for both teams, and with both sides, rather, with the team and the player. Because if you ball out, you're going to go get big money someplace else, you know, and then – or, or you could be getting big money here, you know. So those are the things that happen when you put yourselves in those positions. And if you want to use that, as we say, quote-unquote, tackling fuel, running fuel, receiving fuel, whatever it is, use it to motivate you every day that every rep that you're lifting, every rep that you're running – Use that as motivation and and go out there and play better. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you know, no one is saying that, you know, P. Queen is, you know, not the guy that we thought he was, but he hasn't been that guy a lot of times, you know, as far as being a first-round pick. And that's why they got Roe. And, and, you know, Simpson is a baller. I'm just telling you right now, (laughs) that young man was one of my favorite linebackers to watch this year, and he is a playmaker. So a total steal, then. He is a total steal. And – with his running and physicality, he's going to be a problem. So there, there's going to be some serious competition going on right there. Trust me. So at the outside linebackers. That, so you get the sense that at this point, PQ is going to be putting tape out there. Well, regardless, he's putting tape out there for his next deal, right? But you think more than likely it's for 31 other teams and not in Baltimore, given given the Simpson draft? I mean, it, hopefully Simpson develops, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I mean, PQ, um, but it, it's the same thing that maybe he develops and the Ravens offer him a deal and he stays. But if he can play as well himself into a new contract, whether it's here or 31 other places, but it's going to come down to him making plays. And if he doesn't, if he goes into pouty mode and like, oh, man, sheesh, I'll drive this guy, this young dog is coming, you know what I'm saying? And he wants to play, and he's – He's been a very good player at a high-profile program in Clemson and done very good things in some of the biggest games versus the biggest opponents in these national championship games and these you know college football playoff games. He's a player. So if you go up there, coming in there, woe is me, like you're going to find yourself you know, getting traded for a third or fourth-round pick in a, in a pack of Gatorade someplace. And, <laughs> you're gonna, you know, like you'll find yourself in Cleveland or so. You know, I doubt if they trade him in a division, but. 
You know, yeah, that's the that beauty of sports. Defense, and you can never have enough talent. Like people look at our Super Bowl team. You know, we were loaded and, you know, from, you know, starter to backup and the 2012 team was the same thing. So you can never have enough talent um, and injuries can occur. There's so many things that can occur throughout the course of a season. And so the more talent you have, the, the better your football team is. And especially, as you said, in the AFC and in this division, because it's loaded in the AFC like this is top to bottom. I mean, you look at Miami, still a player, you know, the Jets are defense are going to be better. And now they got AR-12. You know, and then you still got to deal with Buffalo. Like, I mean, there's no place to sleep in the AFC East and then our division. You know, Cleveland will see what the Browns will always be, the Browns. But, you know, they're 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 competitive. And, you know, but Pittsburgh's going to be there. We have us. You know, Cincinnati is probably still, unfortunately, they're the best team in the division. We have to call it what it is because they're yeah, division 100%. champs. They are the team that you are chasing right now in this division. Uh, and then the South, you know, you can cut Jacksonville's coming. Trust me, gentlemen, Jacksonville is on their way. We saw what they were able to do last year and they're only going to build on that. You know, uh, the golden boy, you know, is, you know, blind Jesus is, is, is a <laughs> heck of a player down there. Um, and, and then the Titans, we'll see what they do, but you know, they're physical and you know, they're going to punch you in the mouth and play well. Uh, so, and then the West, the West be the West. You, you know, you've got Patty Mahomes, I mean, and Herbert's there and, yeah. You know, I mean, the AFC is loaded, and it's going to be a dogfight, you know, all the way through. Pick your poison. Pick your poison. Pick your poison. Line up, but let's go. You know what I'm saying? Bring them in like we had a motto. You know, bring them in, lock the door. And, you know, y'all saw, y'all saw the Brock's tail. Now you can't leave. Lock the door when they get in. Now you can't leave and, and, and put your hands on them and go to work and be physical and, you know, make them tap out. That's what it has to be, you know, when they come into, you know, the, the big crab cake downtown, MT Bank Stadium, and, that has to be the mindset starting and not all this extra noise and talk and tweets and all this other nonsense. Play football. That's what we're good at. If you want to do all that stuff, go work for ETV and, and follow Hollywood people and paparazzis around. Right. It's not, it's not the time we're playing sport, you know? No, and it's can, time to play football. And can, can Bateman respond? That yes. becomes the question. Can they he, all need to respond. The, the wide receiver room, as promised, has been rebuilt and retooled. Yep. How will he handle that this year? That remains to be seen. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Brad Jackson, former Super Bowl winning Raven. Nice Appreciate enough, man. you, baby. Thanks for having me, man. And I owe you a drink after this one. No, sir. You were, you're this good. guy was on here forever with us. We, I didn't we even know. We're just, we're just having a good rap, man. Heck I appreciate yeah. it's you. It's been awesome. Huge, another huge shout out to J.O. because this this day has been phenomenal on so yeah. many different levels. So if you see your boys. Thanks, J.O. If you, if you appreciate see your old you. crew, pop them on over. Hey, well, I will. The next hour. That so. sounds good, man. I appreciate you. Thanks we'll for having me. you around this fall. Where can everybody find you this fall? What are you going to be doing? Uh, below the radar. That's what I'm going to be doing. So <laughs> that's where I'll be below the radar. Oh, yeah. So we'll find Good. I'll be on the road scouting somewhere and, you know, still helping out with the senior bowl and doing Good. that type of stuff. Good. So looking for next year's crop, man, you know, I appreciate your insight, man. It's, Absolutely. It's phenomenal. Appreciate so, you. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks. Brad Jackson dropping by, man. It's been a great afternoon so far. Again, shout out to Wood Home Country Club here in Pikesville and, and, and Wendy, her and J.O. and Thanks Brad so Jackson and Kyle Richardson and everybody that's dropped by the show. It's been been phenomenal here and uh the day is starting to wind down a little bit just after 4 30 eastern there's still plenty of activity going on right now i know some of you have been seeing the wi-fi connection is a little bit shoddy sorry about that we've been efforting to figure that out it's hard to you know obviously do all this on the fly but uh we do have more guests dropping by the show including we want to get you involved as well if you want to get some q a we'll get to that we'll have uh we'll have hopefully more coming here in just a bit. But first, I wanted to play for you a recent clip that I saw uh, John on the 33rd team. John Harbaugh went on with uh, Chuck Pagano, 
former Colts head coach. Of course, he was worked, worked in Baltimore under John Harbaugh. Uh, earlier on in his career as well before Indianapolis. But these two had a great conversation against available on the 33rd team. And here's a small little snippet of them talking about uh, the past training camp battles that they had with one another, including Harbs. Uh, it's a great little story here on, on Jared Johnson. So listen to this. Right. Hall of Fame football players. I watched it, but you came up to me and you just, after an individual period, and I'm, I'm thinking, damn, that was really good. And you said, that wasn't worth the shit. That, that might have been the worst I've ever seen. And and I wanted to fight you right there. I wanted to fight you. But then as I looked at it, you know, that night, the next day, whatever. And then now I'm like, you made me better. You make other guys better because that's, I think, where leaders fail and where I failed many times and I, I grew in that role is just the accountability part. Of being able to hold your your hold your brother accountable and and have a tough conversation and, and tell him the truth, you know, and and because if you don't have those, then that's not being a great leader, right? No, and you were always you were a great coach, you know. Remember remember the time the very first OTA practice back when OTA practices were like basically contact practices. They've changed all that now, but and basically the defense, you know, the first year the defense was the big brother, and that's what. You know, Rex Rex wrote on that, you know, we're the big brother, offense is the little brother. And Cam was like, well, we're not going to be the little brother anymore. So it got to be a little, it got to be a little heated out there. And Rex is bringing every blitz known to man. And, uh, you know, the defense is hooping and hollering, you know, when they, when they made plays and stuff like that. And it got, it got really like mean, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, man, this, this is a team. This is like, this is really, this is really kind of, kind of rough. So I kind of go walking over there and I might've mentioned something about, you know, you know, being a team or something like that. And then basically a couple guys kind of got on me and, you know, this is us, this is our team, this is our defense. We're a great defense. And, of course, I, that snapped me. I, I said, said, great defense. I said 26 in the league. Oh, no, no, we were, we were seventh in the league, seventh in the league, you know. And, 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 and I go, what, in yards? I said, when's the last scoreboard that you saw yards up there? 26 in the league in points. That's what they keep track of. So tell me how great 26 is. And Jared Johnson – Ooh, who we've laughed and hugged about today. He comes marching out at me like, like, uh, you know, like he's going to kick my butt. So basically I look him right now and I kind of go toward him and I go, you want to go? You want to go? I love that little clip right there on a courtesy of the 33rd team that I was listening to recently, but uh, Chuck Pagano, John Harbaugh, former coaching teammates and just, Oh geez, these guys have been around forever. So Anyway, you can catch that whole conversation on the 33rd team. And as I've mentioned, we are out at Wood Home Country Club. It's, if you're just joining us, this seat is empty because it's been a rotating cast here over the last hour or so since we launched. We've had Jonathan Ogden on. We've had Kyle Richardson on. We've had Brad Jackson. And there will be more folks dropping by. We've been out here literally since this morning. We had a chance, uh, my executive producer Brad Smith and I had a chance to play 10 or 12 holes today with a great group of guys, including Ryan Ripken. And uh, it's just, we want to thank Wendy Her. We want to thank J.O. and his team. We want to thank Woodhome Country Club for having us out. It's been a lot of fun. And I also want to thank one of uh, the, this live stream's sponsors, and that is my friends at uh, Valley Deck and Patio. My buddy Dan Bauer and doing great things locally in the area. And I tell you what, whenever it is that I move to the county, whenever it is when that I get out of the city, 
I'm definitely going to be calling Dan and his team because at Valley Deck and Patio, they are a design build company specialized in building decks, uh, screened in decks, patios, outdoor kitchens, landscape design. And they can even add a putting green potentially to your backyard, which is 100% on my bucket list item maybe in the future. But uh, you can visit their website by going to www.valleydeckandpatio.com. That's valleydeckandpatio.com, A-N-D. You can request a consultation to start planning your project. Again, that's valleydeckandpatio, valleydeckandpatio.com to schedule a project, consultation, and estimate. And with that, let's keep the stream going here. Again, we're out in uh, at Woodhome Country Club here in Pikesville. It's been a, a fantastic day. And I, one thing that I want to talk about that Brad Jackson, former Super Bowl winning Raven, just discussed is a really interesting concept that I think I want to build on a little bit because I hadn't really thought about this before in detail the way that we just did with Brad. But this idea of actually being concerned about Rashad Bateman's development as a, a third-year wide receiver now, given the way that they've rebuilt the room. To me, that that's intriguing because, yes, in, in the history of this organization, they haven't had a guy that's been homegrown stay in Baltimore through the, you know, throughout the course of his career. The most successful wide receivers – in Baltimore have come via free agency. And perhaps that trend continues with with Odell Beckham Jr. And if it does, fantastic. But I almost want Zay or Bateman, right, to really move forward and develop within Baltimore's scheme to almost buck that trend because it has become a trend and it's been a 26-year trend, a 27-year trend and counting. Now, Look, Brad is looking to get into NFL scouting, and he's extremely involved with Reese's Senior Bowl down in Alabama every single year. So I'm going to lean on him. And if if he's saying that he is concerned about the potential development of Rashad Bateman, given what they've just done in the last couple months, and that's bringing in you know one of the most notable players in today's NFL, right? And Odell Beckham Jr., a Super Bowl winning wide receiver. And because of bringing in Zay Flowers through the draft and because of bringing in Nelson Aguilar, a reliable veteran in free agency, then I'm going to believe him. I'm going to believe him. Now, what I'm more so concerned about rather than his lack of development is his lack of, I guess, durability through his first two NFL seasons. Because the bottom line is, while he he didn't have an issue prior to, to the NFL level when it comes to uh, the the injury concerns. He hasn't been able to stay on the field through two seasons in the NFL. And, and until that moves in a different direction, you know, until he finishes a full 17 game, 18 week season, some of those concerns are going to follow him. And so that's what I'm looking forward to most, not him continuing with those concerns, but him rising above them and being healthy and available. If availability can become a calling card for Rashad Bateman, then this time next year, the fifth year option and the the decision that looms surrounding that won't even be a concern, right? That won't even be a remote concern. And that's where I hope for his sake, that's where I hope we are in a year from now until then, man, why don't we cut to 
18 green here, Brad, to give everybody a, a chance to see what's going on. Again, Wood Home Country Club, Jonathan Ogden's annual golf foundation tournament. And we see some folks coming off the 18th here. I tell you what, this place is playing difficult today. You got some wind, you got thick and long rough. I mean, there were golf balls that we hit over there earlier on, right? Just maybe just off the fairway. And it was good, solid shots that we were happy about. And yet we couldn't find our golf balls. So again, that's not a knock at Woodhome. That's a challenging course. I'm complimenting this place. And it's been a whole lot of fun. If, if, if Brad Jackson is saying that, that or even J.O. J.O. himself said every time he comes here, remember he lives in Vegas, plays a ton of golf. And, and he basically said every time he plays Woodholm, it eats him alive. And I think a lot of us can speak to that at the today's golf tournament that's just starting to wrap up here. And uh, again, just for programming note, we did not have a morning vault released this morning because Sarah, not because Sarah's on vacation, she's on vacation, but I made it an executive decision because I knew that we were going to be streaming today. And let's just be honest, this time of year, while we're still committed to doing daily content through and through on all things Ravens, uh, you know, the, the reality is this is one of the slowest times in the news cycles. There will be more OTAs to discuss as the Ravens training camp and the offseason, uh, uh, you know, kind of rolls on. But training camp is probably going to start in about a month from now. So uh, or not a month from now, but a month and a half from now or so, typically late July. So anyway, we have all of that and more to look forward to. And with that, I wanted to thank one of my episode sponsors who's been supporting both me and the channel, and that's District Mutual. Football players aren't the only people who experience life-changing events. They can happen to any of us at any time. That's why partnering with a locally funded company like District Mutual is so important to me. District Mutual is a virtual insurance brokerage. Uh, it's a brokerage firm that offers a wide range of insurance solutions to meet your needs. Whether you're looking for life insurance, protection against cancer or critical illness, tax-free, lifetime income, or long-term care coverage, District Mutual has got you covered with their expensive network of over 60 major insurance carriers. They, they will provide you the perfect protection for you, your unique situation. Just like how the dependable left tackle, Jonathan Ogden, of course, who protected the blind side, right, of quarterbacks throughout his time in Baltimore, District Mutual will protect you and your life beyond tomorrow. So you can visit my link, my personal link, at districtmutual.com forward slash Bobby Baltimore to learn more about how District Mutual can take care of you and your loved ones. Again, that's districtmutual.com forward slash Bobby Trossett. We have more going on over here at Woodholm Country Club. And, uh, oh, good, 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 good. We're going to have, uh, sorry, we're doing all of this on the fly right now, trying to get as many special guests to join us here. But again, I want to thank District Mutual for uh, sponsoring today's live stream, Sergio and the great crew there at District Mutual. Let me just throw this up here and we'll continue to talk about. what we have going on, which is J.K. Dobbins. We've discussed him a little bit over the course of, of the last hour and a half or so since we went live. And as we all know, J.K. is not under contract uh, after next year. And given last week's tweets, given his uncertain future, given 
him essentially saying that he doesn't know what his future looks like after this coming year in Baltimore begs the question, you know, will the Ravens award him a second contract? We know the shelf life, unfortunately, that comes with being an NFL running back in today's game. And we know that JK, unfortunately, has had his his fair share, uh, not, not fair share, but he's had one specific injury that's really, really plagued him throughout the last couple of years. And that's the ACL that forced him to miss all of the 2021 season, which then followed up with, um, you know, the knee scope in 2022, where he had to miss a few weeks and ultimately trying to get that knee back to where, where he wants it to be. And where we all know when he is fully healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the game. He showed us that in his rookie season. And he showed that really, honestly, he showed us that last year at, at flashes, he just didn't have that extra gear left. And so I got to really wonder what specifically uh, JK's future looks like in Baltimore, because the Ravens are going to have the decision to make, you know, ultimately the running back position is, is one that, Hey, it comes at a premium and let's bring our next special guest in here coming off his, Oh yeah. <laughs> Why not? He's looking at me like, are you kidding me? We didn't even talk about this, but I'm mid thought talking about Dobbins and I want to get your thought on it. So why don't we do it? Throw the shades on, do what you got to do. My playing partner on the day, Ryan Ripken, who just launched his media career not long ago, is going to drop in for a, yeah, come on in. You got a couple minutes, or what are you, what are you up to? Oh, I got, I just finished up. That's right. We're, we, are, we are dead live. Ryan Ripken joins me, former pro ball player, golfer on the side, and now media professional here in town. What's going on, brother? Well, um, had we finished? Uh, you know what? We could have been better. Be the front nine was definitely our strong suit, but the vibes were up here the entire day, and that's really what it's all about. You know, we just were out here having a good time for a good cause. Um, and in my eyes, uh, I hit some good shots, and I hit some really not so good shots. So uh, take it with, for what it's worth. You know, I think I can probably say the same thing. I am so disgusted by my game off the tee that I, I'm going to have some driving range sessions in my future. But what did we finish underwise? I think we're eight eight under okay we we're right there yeah. the, the the top one i heard is 18 under so we were right there 18 <laughs> under you're joking that's what that's what i heard some guy came up to me he's like, like how'd you shoot like oh i think we we did pretty well eight under like oh we got 18 Stop. and i went well it's nice to meet you good good for you guys um but again we were out here just building relationships right you get to meet a ton of people and and we're out here to to help support a, a great cause with the with the Jonathan Ogden Foundation. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. And we had a chance to, to catch up with J.O. earlier on in the stream. We've had uh, Brad Jackson, who we saw on the fairway at DJ. first, and then, and then he came over here and was messing with us. So he was awesome. And he stopped by for, gosh, he must have been here for, for 40 minutes, so no pressure. Yeah, BJ came. <laughs> BJ just came back, or I saw him walking to the parking lot. He goes, Hey, he goes, uh, Bobby saved me from the last four holes. It was that bad out Stop. there. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. And no, he, he went off the hole. Yeah, he, no, didn't, he didn't finish. No, I think he's like, oh, yeah, the last four holes. He goes, I just was done. So <laughs> he finished and came out with us instead. That's awesome. That just tells you that. I mean, it's yeah. That, you know, it's funny with BJ. I think I told you this before. I grew up getting a chance to know him because he'd come over and play basketball a lot with my dad and and just a genuine guy, like one of yeah. the best. And uh, it's just really cool to uh, get to see him. And again, I. He was messing with me as a little kid, and, and he's still messing with yeah. me now as a 29-year-old oh, yeah. trying to figure it out. Out of love. Oh, it's all out of love. It's all love. Out of love. But, uh, but it's, you know, it's interesting, too. I, I hadn't really kind of kept up with what he's been up to. And uh, I think he's going to be 
in an NFL scouting system in the near future. He was talking all about what he's been doing with the Reese's Senior Bowl. He had a chance to really look closely at Zay Flowers, so we were picking his brain on that. But uh, I'm segueing right now, bringing that up, because you're in the middle of, of a career transition right now over the last year or so. And uh, I, I just, hey, you and I always have great conversations offline about um, the, the content world and, and where we're both headed, where you're headed. And I got to wonder now a year into this thing coming off, you know, baseball retirement and whatnot and, and you know, how, how it's been going. Oh, it's been going. It's been a journey, right? It's, you know, honestly, we talked about it. It's, it's kind of daunting a little bit when you start over and you're doing something you really don't have experience in and you're ending one part of your life that you just put so much time and effort into and now you're you're moving on. And so that in itself was uh, it's exciting, but very nerve wracking. Yeah. But I will say it, it's been a blast. And and actually, so I went back and finished college. Uh, part of my deal with, with baseball was the nationals when they drafted me, we're, we're going to finish uh, my degree or they were going to pay for it. So I went to college in 2012. I put it on pause in 2014. And now nine years later, after I retired, finished it up and now into the whole media world. So, um, and honestly, I will say, been on Twitter a lot and, and trying to be more on Instagram and all the stuff. Uh, the support has been awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think that's the thing I really appreciate is people understand that. And for anyone else that's trying to get into whatever they want to get into, sure, you're going to have people that are going to doubt you and maybe not appreciate what you're trying to do. But there's so many people that are going to actually be in your corner and yeah. want to see you have success and per pursue your next passion. Oh, yeah. This, this market is so, you know, they, they love a good comeback story. They, lo they love a good, you know, whether it's like, I don't know, whether it's a comeback story, whether it's a transition story, whatever it might be. And you're just in the middle of transitioning right now professionally. So it's been cool to see. I think you're giving a lot to the market and I can't wait to see the way you build it. So, you know, with that, we got to, I was just talking about Dobbins before you pulled up and, and uh, last week's tweets, you know, and, and it's funny, Brad was just like, I, I love his old school mentality. You know, Brad Jackson, he gets up here and he's just like, listen, all this like emotional outburst stuff that I see, whether it's Bateman in March, whether it's JK last week, whether it's Lamar at times right throughout the course of this offseason. I mean, he grew up in a completely different era. Mm -hmm. So it's like our generation, we communicate or maybe we, we even overshare in a way, you know, because it's, it's so easy to, what did you make of not only JK's way of communicating his uncertainty about his future last week, but also some of the some of the noise. I mean, he, Brad said it. It was one of the noisiest off seasons in the history of the Ravens franchise. What do you make of it? I mean, <laughs> not wrong. No one's wrong with that. It's definitely that. That's the, the 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 world we live in nowadays, where athletes have so many platforms to express themselves. And, and part of the reason for me when I played and not to the, I was nowhere even close to the same extent. But the the part of social media, what it happens is. People are going to take notice of every comment that you say. So when you're talking about with Lamar Jackson and he and his representation is is his family and and maybe one or two other people, very yeah. close circle, everyone was looking for that tweet from Lamar Jackson, you know, and and for Dobbins, people are going to listen. But I I think in that way, it's just to me, I took it as he loves the city, loves you know the the oh, yeah. Ravens, but it is a business, yep. and that's something that is just the harsh reality for so many players where it's not just about trying to go out there and, and win a Super Bowl. That's the ultimate goal as a, as a professional. 
but you're also trying to figure out, you know, how to extend your career and to continue to have a little bit more uh, guarantee for yourself because you got to this point, you owe it to yourself to continue to try to maximize your earnings when you can. Yeah, yeah. And bottom line for him, it's like, you know, moving forward, Ravens are going to have to make a tough decision because the the running back position. In it's been devalued. Game, it has. And the shelf life in today's game is not what it once was. And so the Ravens are going to be faced with, all right, well, let, let's see what he comes. And, and we've been told in some of our reporting on the vault that these tweets were related to early contract negotiations or, or early extension negotiations. Because remember, he's, you know, after next year, he's not under contract. And so I take, I take the tweets as that he doesn't like the way that things are going so far. I don't want to go too, too far with that, but that's sure what it seems like. And, uh, and so the Ravens are forced with, okay, well, let's see what, what he's all about coming off the, the knee scope. And then if he's not what he was in 2020, are they going to say, I mean, we all have seen, right. Whether it was this Pacheco guy last year with Kansas city or, or you name it, there's been so many examples you can get va- you can get value out of a late round pick. You can get value out of undrafted guys. Oh yeah, I mean this the example when it happened talent wise, and for right now he's going through it. You know Zeke Elliott when he came out, talented, yeah, yeah. extremely talented. And you could see it. And he was one of the best, if not the best, running back. And then now we're flash forwarding five, six years later, yeah. and even people were having this conversation last year, the season before of the decline of him and for Dobbins even though young player we saw after that scope how he looked but again if he goes out and has an unbelievable year which I think he will if he's healthy how do you value that and that's the hard thing you know and and especially when there's another guy coming in and these coaches and these systems that they put in place they can put some guys in, in positions to have some really career years so it's 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 very tough, but you know, being a Dobbins fan, I loved watching him in college, and I love seeing him healthy. I just love his mentality. Oh, yeah. You know, I just oh, I yeah. wish you could see the guys you want to see stay in Baltimore forever, but we're just gonna have to wait to see. Yeah, well, sometimes you know, guys like Calais Campbell, they leave, and you're asking you, you're like, how did they let this guy leave? But hey, they wouldn't have been able to get underneath the. Um, the cap if it weren't for unfortunately releasing him and now he ends up in Atlanta and they just I don't know if they would have paid Atlanta paid him top dollar money and at, at north of 30 and year 15 or 16 wherever he's at that's just something you have to you can't say no to that no you, I mean that, that's the thing you have to make a choice with guys do I want to try to maximize and it's such a good offer you can't refuse or am I willing to take a pay cut maybe have a minimized role or whatever it may be to have a chance at the Super Bowl. So it's yeah. really there's no, and that's the thing I hate. It's it's not a right answer for everybody. It's sure. it's their personal choice. Every fan can look at it and go, well, why wouldn't they want to win a Super Bowl? Hey, some players that's their mindset. But I don't blame a guy where your shelf life as a player is coming to an end. Yep. Why not have a, a chance to put your family in even a better situation? Yeah. Quick little break here to thank one of this episode's sponsors, and. Want to make sure this mouse works for me. It is Berkshire Hathaway Home Services and Felicia Pedrick, a Myrtle Beach-based real estate originally from Baltimore. Felicia, man, she does awesome work. Had a chance to catch up with her recently, and she's doing awesome stuff down in Myrtle. And if you're interested in getting down there, she might be 
your gal. She has over 14 years of experience in real estate between Maryland and South Carolina. She's a certified relocation specialist that can help you with all your relocation and second property needs in the coastal Carolinas. Her reputation has been built on personal client relationships that last beyond the sale with over half of her business coming from repeat business and personal referrals. Felicia Pedrick has services that can help identify all your home buying and selling needs. She's going to be there. She's going to be your trusted point of reference for everything real estate. Felicia Pedrick and Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Myrtle Beach Real Estate has the network of over 1,500 offices nationwide and the experience of over 47 million in relocation sales just in 2022 alone. Sharing broker to broker leads and a listing network that includes the use the list uh, the the, the likes of uh, List Hub and global and global exposure provided through the Berkshire Hathaway network. The Myrtle Beach and coastal region continues to be one of the fastest growing areas to live with miles of beautiful beaches and some of the best entertainment on the East Coast. The region has some of the finest golfing on the planet, which we've been doing today. That's for sure. Woodhome is crushing it with this hosting effort. Uh, but again, Felicia and her team of, of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services can help make your coastal living dream come true. So go check them out. But uh, continuing the conversation a little bit about this event and stuff. I mean, it's been a who's who out here, you know, and I know that you mentioned you've known Brad since, since you were a kid, but you've got the likes of Dwayne Starks and Chris McAllister. And of course, towering J.O. who we used, I believe it was on 16, right right out of the pit beef station. We used his drive. He just plunked one down there. Oh yeah. He's like, I'll hit, I'll hit one for you if you want. Yeah, sure. You go ahead. (laughs) You know, I guess he's had a couple swings on the day, but not many. And he just absolutely annihilates it. Yeah. Dead center. But he doesn't do anything crazy. Like it's just a smooth swing. I could take a lesson from that. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? You're going to have to put a little bit more effort into your swing. You know, J.O. is a little bit bigger. No offense, has a little bit more force and power when he just makes contact. We got to find the right thing for you. But you know what? You knocked down some big putts. Don't sell yourself short today. Had a couple putts. Brad was was swinging it pretty well over here. Brad Smith, EP on the day. Couple stogies. I mean, it was a a good day. We had a a dynamic team, you know, and we tried to keep up the energy. The vibes still stayed high, but, you know, just not fully the same without you guys out there. 18 under wins it. How about that? Or, Or it was in the clubhouse lead allegedly i guess we'll have to see what finally happens but i think it's safe to say you will not hear our name being called today um but you know what we tried we gave it our best effort you should have seen when we were about 50 yards out and none of us could put it on the green so that um that was when we knew that that our our moment had had come and gone that was deflating that was a little deflating let's look at the roster I want to pull up the the offensive roster here, and specifically, let's actually start with defense because I think there's one one area that I think could could be a concern just based on depth, and that's outside cornerback. It's not that I don't like what they did this offseason. Yes, I know there's still a chance that at you know pre-training camp or during training camp they could bring in Marcus Peters. We'll see. He most recently visited with Vegas. We know that he still remains unsigned. He's available on the open market. But what I look at right now is after rock you sin right or even after marlin god forbid i'm gonna knock on wood hard in both cases well we all will cornerback over the years depth wise has been an issue in this town and that's my one concern i mean you never can have enough ever i mean it's really a position even sometimes when i remember over the years when people go we signed another corner we drafted another corner we don't need that well just because we can find out when you 
lose guys and you don't have those players, it completely changes what you want to try to accomplish on defense. And then you're going to have to try to really mask a a massive hole. And we saw when, when the Ravens were really plagued by injuries a few years back, and it's that even happened before then where you can try to do everything you can, but also it's very hard when you have guys that are more inexperienced and, and as a team that really puts you in a tough position, especially now in the AFC in the teams, the Ravens are going to have to play. And then let alone the division, when you're playing the Bengals who have a receiving core that is top notch. The Steelers have some really good weapons and then don't forget about the Cleveland Browns. So, I mean, you need it because if you're, if you have guys that can shut down receivers, it's going to allow the rest of your defense to kind of do what they want to do. hundred percent. Now at the same time, there are areas of depth on this team, and I think one could very well be the the offensive line. You know, uh, Jo talked about it, Brad talked about it, and 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 Ozzy's always talked about it. I mean, he's it, it starts and ends in the trenches, and I think last year they showed like they're durable, they're physical at the point of attack, and they're capable of of protecting Lamar. Now, of course, yes. It's been back-to-back years where he hasn't been available in December and January. Both plays, bottom line, were doing things around the pocket. You know, freak plays. And so I, I'm not worried about, and I haven't heard anybody showing concerns about the offensive line. Uh, I mean, durability-wise, do we have question marks perhaps if, if Ronnie will be there for a full 17-game, 18-week you know, marathon season? Maybe. But he showed last year, as far as I'm concerned, we can all check the numbers, that if he's available, the guy's an all-pro, or at least, at the very least, a Pro Bowl left tackle. And that's after the ankle nightmare. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's still really, despite all that, one of the best at his position. And when he's fully healthy, you consider him the best, right? And and, and that that is something that I've loved the MO. And even growing up, right, Ravens football, tough at the line of scrimmage, right? And and that's really what the Ravens are going to do. And I know new offensively, the Ravens were hearing they're trying to be a little bit more versatile, a little bit more dynamic. But again, to be able to do any of that, you're going to have to have a strong offensive line. And to your point, I think the Ravens have a lot of good pieces there. I'm really giddy about it because of that fact. And, And hopefully now you just, you hope you go through training camp Guys are feeling healthy, so you can get off to that track. Because that's the one thing that just you would hate is to have one of your main guys on the line be you know, struggling with an ailment, and now you're trying to scramble with maybe a guy that doesn't have that experience. You yeah. want to try to get yeah. that continuity early on. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, look, you know, this team has been back to back December's right, like straight up in a one position, and then we've known, you know, obviously we we've known what's happened after that in terms of. Lamar's availability. So the AFC is a murderer's row. Like, I think if they get the 10 wins, does that necessarily win the division? Probably not. You'd have to think that since he's going to be right there with 11 or 12. But I don't think you need to win. You, you don't need to win 11, 12, 13 games. They've won two Super Bowls in the history of this franchise as wild card teams, as we know. And I think they can absolutely do it again. And sometimes it's a weird thing. We saw, we're seeing it with the heat right now, riding it all the way to the NBA finals. 
when you come in and you're playing consistent football, and we saw it in 2019 when they were the when they had the bye week, they arrested a bunch of guys in the regular season finale and came out flat on that balmy night in January, right before the world ended. Right, I think the yeah. next month the world ended, or maybe later that month. Um, I kind of like when they're under the radar. Oh, of and course, nobody's talking about them. But the problem is, is with the roster additions this year, they're going to be anything but. <laughs> no, and as long as Lamar Jackson's quarterback, it's going to yeah. be amplified. It's going to be the pressure is going to be there. The expectation is going to be there. You know, you got to correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here, but how many wins last year got the number one seed in the AFC? I know the whole thing with Buffalo and the, the game of Cincy was it twelve or thirteen? I yeah. I, I, so we're googling that. No, but so but regardless though, we're looking at this. And you're going for the for the entire conference. Twelve wins is going to have you in the conversation of being oh, yeah. a top two seed. Yeah. And and in this case, in the AFC North, is one of the toughest divisions in football. Like, don't sleep on the Steelers. I mean, last year they were supposed to be the team that were really rebuilding, yeah. and they found another way to not have a losing season. Yeah. And they're going to be better. You would think, even though the Browns have a history of of doing Cleveland Brown type things where they just fall off a cliff, but you just think that they have to be better, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the Ravens and the Bengals that people are expecting more of. Um, and Lamar Jackson, no matter what, is going to have pressure on him, especially with this contract. Can't escape it. But to your point, it does not matter. If you win the division, honestly, it's nice, but if it doesn't matter. You just got to be in, and then you got to be playing your best football at the right time. Yep. And if you can yep. do that, you can see across anything. You look at baseball, because that's something I just came from last year. The Phillies sneak in, get hot. The Padres were one of those wild card teams, too. They go to the uh, NLCS against those yeah. Phillies that were just a hotter team. That's how sports work. Yep. The Heat were hot. They rode it. So that's all you got to hope. I mean, heck, the Ravens on their Super Bowl run in 2012, they just happened to be doing things at the right time. Yep. And and that's all you want. That's all you ask for. Tell you what, those scuffling Padres, man. <sighs> Bunch of lucrative well, deals we there not being met, huh? It's, a, it's oh. a few players costing the three guys, costing the team like a billion dollars. Goodness gracious. You know, it's that, and that, that we can table that for a whole different time. We could. I, I tell you what, I bet, bet Manny's wishing he was in Baltimore this year. Yeah, you know what? I don't know if it, if he wishes that much. I think he's got 350 million reasons why he's he's okay. Exactly, exactly. You know, we should. I know we're a daily Ravens show, but we should really close with with what this team is doing right now on the diamond, and not only in San Fran, but just throughout the course of what are we a quarter into the season yet? I mean, I think we're almost a third. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, before we know it, the All Star break is going to be coming up next month. But you know, I know this is kind of what you know a, a good portion of what you're doing right now is is solid in-depth coverage of the O's so you know what do you think that they're what are they, what are they gonna do with the deadline <laughs> well what do you I'll, want them to do with the deadline I'll, I'll I'll start with this first off we everything we're here Jonathan Arden Ravens event right Baltimore loves their teams yeah and for a while it's been Raven dominated and, and rightfully so team's been one of the most consistent franchises in all of, all of professional sports specifically the NFL but people love the Orioles they really do and a lot of this team's really young they're hungry and, and I had the pleasure of being able to be with the organization and know about you know this this big league team I probably know around around 90 percent of the roster you know either playing with them spending time with them uh, you name it 
I, I think for the Orioles, they're going to have to figure out there's a there's a need for a more frontline starter at, for pitching. Yeah. I think they Grayson's still the long-term plan, but they're trying to sit there, and I don't think they have all of that outside of Grayson that's sitting in AAA. You think he's back up before the end of the month? Not to cut you off. But. I could see within the month, but also I could see them saying, we want to see you have a full month and maybe go into the all-star break and then reassess. But I will say they need to have that fifth spot filled because you can't just have bullpen games moving forward. You need to try to keep those guys healthy. The bullpen's done a tremendous job, but we saw last year they get tired. So you need to try to find a way to protect them. But the Orioles have so many prospects in between Jorge Mateo, the shortstop, Joey Ortiz, another shortstop, and Jordan Westberg, a middle infield guy. I don't see all three being in the organization come uh, the trade deadline. That's the thing, right? It's, it's an embarrassment of riches, So, which is why I think some folks were confused as to – now, the guy's off to a blazingly hard, hot start, but some folks were, were questioning why they went with Hicks. Were you? It, when I look at it, not really, because Kowser was on the IL and they weren't going to rush him back and they have their reasons for not going guys up. I think they're hoping Cedric's injury is not a prolonged one, but I said last night on, on Fox 45 and um, – and even on the podcast I do for them with Rip and Rock talking about the Orioles, wouldn't be surprised if Cedric's not back until the All-Star break. But again, it's what's your value in Kowser? But to your point with Hicks, it's really, it's it's a, there's no risk. If he comes and plays well, which he has so far, bonus. He's an MLB bonafide veteran that knows if he stinks, you get rid of him. And then when Kowser was healthy and fully healthy and feeling good, you call him up. It really was a good scenario, but I know everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Hicks. Like, we watch this guy. Yankees fans hate him. Uh, of um, course they do. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but naturally, but, like, that's the beauty of it. And the Orioles, it's sometimes a change of scenery. You go somewhere else and something just clicks. Um, you know, that's how – you know, it's funny. Felix Batista is arguably the best closer in baseball. He got released in the minors and came to Baltimore. And now look at him now, throwing 100 miles an hour and throwing splitters and – giving people nightmares and I'm just very thankful I, I was his teammate and didn't have to face him so for real and how how long did you spend with him uh 21 so part of the year in 21 he went from high a double a to triple a so I, he came up to triple a at the end of the season mountain general giant kind of in the same way uh as Jonathan Ogden just really a good guy uh except there is a language barrier that he's yeah. trying to learn his English more and my Spanish is not up to date enough I know some of the words you can't really say on air. Um, How'd you learn those, huh? <laughs> uh, good question. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, the point is, with all these guys, sometimes you just got to be put in the right situation. But to finish the question with the trade deadline, I do think the Orioles are going to have a serious conversation, especially with a team that would be willing to shop one of their top arms. The Orioles will be listening because right now – their, si their sights are not just set on the postseason. It's it's on making noise once they get to the playoffs. That's what's so wild about it. The rebuild is over, period. It's over. And and they're competing for – and that's what I, I think was so – you know, I know you got, you know, personal relationships with these guys, right? But, like, I think what, what was so refreshing to the fan base is when a Grayson gets sent back down just for command purposes or, you know, just refining things or, or when an Irving gets sent down right after kind of a disastrous start. The days of of being able to scuffle and get away with that are 
the, the front office is telling you without telling you those days are over. We feel like we can win right now and we need the players who are capable of doing that right now. Yeah, but I will say with Grayson, he's 23. I was actually been completely fine if he stayed up. A little different with Grayson. Mainly yeah. just because for him, I think development, well, I get either way, so I'm not going to argue with it, but my argument for keeping him up was he's still got to learn and he went down there, he went six innings, one hit, no runs, five walks. Like again, no one's going to complain about you giving up no runs ever. But five walks in AAA and then five walks in the big leagues, you're not usually going to come out unscathed. Yeah. Usually yeah. someone's going to do some damage, and his problem was leaving pitches over the plate, not enough control, and and putting himself in bad situations, and yeah. he'd miss on pitches. So, but I, I just like the fact of your team's still winning. He's still giving you really good starts at times. It's the consistency; it's just not every time. Um, but you're right. Right now, the Orioles, and that's why, like this next month, and like Corey Mateo is a guy that people have talked about, and the Orioles really love him. If he has another bad month, though, after a great April, if he doesn't bounce back uh, from his bad May, they're going to have to evaluate that as well. And because now you're not trying to look at, you, you owe it to not just your fan base, but you owe it to the guys in the locker room, the organization of how can we try to put the best product on the field? And, and how can we can continue to compete in the division where we're talking about the AFC North was a hard division. You guys don't know about the AL East. Every team going into today was over 500. The Red Sox would be, they're in dead last in the AL East, and they'd be a half game or leading yeah. the AL yeah. Central. Oh, So it just goes to show you, you got to keep up because five of those teams could be deserving of the playoffs, but realistically, three of those might only be getting in. Wild. I mean, that, that's why it's like sometimes even in football, right? Like late January comes around or like late December and you're thinking to yourself, man, if they just base this on like conference and not division, you know, like there'd be certain conferences who would be all be represented in, in postseason. That'd be the AL East this year in baseball. So absolutely. Anyway, let everybody know what you're up to, where they can find you, when you're going to be on uh, on Fox next, and 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 things you have coming up this summer. Oh, oh gosh, well, the uh, schedule's absurd. The yeah, guy's Ryan, schedule's absurd. Yeah, well, Ryan Ripkin on Twitter and Instagram. I think it's like Ryan Ripkin official on YouTube. Trying to grow that a little bit more. It takes time. I gotta I gotta take some notes from you, so I'll get my notepad out this after right this. Here. Perfect. Learn more of my stuff here. Well, from great. Brad, We're so. gonna sit down after this. We can go uh, talk about it, have it over a little food and beverage. Um, yeah, just Ryan Ripken, though, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, I'll be on Fox 45 on Sunday nights. I do the Rip and Rock podcast uh, releases every Monday. I have my own personal podcast, Off Script, and the Off Script brand has releases anywhere from right now it's mainly Wednesdays as the schedule's been reshuffling. So uh, And some new things I can't release yet, but are coming soon. So, awesome. uh, so stay tuned. Had a blast, man. Hey. Had a blast with you. Always a pleasure. And, uh, Hey, we'll go to the driving range together. <laughs> I literally, I am so like, deflated. you know, I checked my car. I thought I actually wasn't kidding when the first, first shot, <laughs> when I said like, it might hit my car legit. I think you were about 30 feet from my Stop. car. Oh yeah. All right. So first hole, Wood home country club here, right? Pikesville. Uh, they had really hadn't even begun yet. I mean, we're literally just out there probably my first swing of the day. I did get a couple hacks in at the, at the driving range. I snap hooked this drive. One of the worst snap hooks I've ever had in my life. And yeah, it went flying into the, I, I owe somebody an apology and maybe even like a bill. I, I just like, Hey, you know, yeah. so far no one said anything, but I was just sitting there like laughing like, Oh, watch out. Huh? I'm like, Oh, that might be the car. <laughs>
literally though, like nobody said anything, but maybe we shouldn't go to the dinner, right? Somebody, somebody might say something after after our group gets in there. Eddie's probably telling everybody. Right? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. He's 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 uh. He's spreading the good word. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, with that, that's what we're going to close on. But Rip, we'll see you in there, brother. And uh, thanks so much for the time. Of course. Of course. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Talk to you soon. Ryan Ripkin just starting out here in the last year or so, getting his media empire off the ground here in Baltimore. And again, you can find him across all social media platforms at Ryan Ripkin. So with that, we have been out at Woodhome Country Club again for just a an awesome day uh, of coverage here, live coverage on site. Jonathan Ogden's annual golf tournament foundation. We heard from J.O. We heard from former Ravens punter Kyle Richardson. We heard from B-Jax. Uh, Brad Jackson, of course, a, a former Super Bowl winning Raven and Ryan Ripkin. So I uh, just wanted to shout out J.O. Wanted to shout out his longtime assistant, Wendy Herr. Wanted to shout out my assistant for the day, more so just a buddy of mine, Brad Smith, for getting it done out here. We got a great setup. Uh, it's been an awesome day, a long day, but one that, uh, we're, by the way, we're gonna. I'm going to make sure all those interviews that I just mentioned are clipped up into uh, indiv- individual stuff. To, you can go back and look at it if you missed it. And uh, with that, I wanted to shout out and thank all my, my sponsors who took care of me for today, today's show, GiftyGarage.net, Valley Deck and Patio, District Mutual, uh, and Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and, and specifically the Myrtle Beach real estate agent, Felicia Pedrick. So thanks to all of you guys for supporting what I'm building here in Baltimore. I hope you guys are having a great summer. And with that, we're going to go ahead and shut it down. I will talk to you later this week on both the vault and my personal channel as well. And until then, later. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.